What's going on, everybody? Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Y'all know what time it is. Yo, this right here is Off The Sticks. My name is Killer. I'm joined by both of my boys. Mike Corey, tell them what it do. What's, What's up? Man? Yo, and we got a convo to have today, bruh. All right. This past week, bruh, this NFL season this past week, was bonkers like i'm talking two blown leads one of them by a quarterback that everyone calls elite who i call good um we got him losing that game to a quarterback now everyone's praising who they want to get traded and i'm gonna talk about who they are really quick being a lamar jackson b to another thing that happened we saw so many blown leads so many blown leads. And as a football coach, there is no worse feeling than having a lead, especially a big one, because that lets you know you are coaching a good game if you got that big of a lead. And then to blow it, you really don't even know where to start looking to fix whatever happened on that day. You don't know where to start looking. Like, it could be a play that turned it. But what about the play? Was it your play call? Was there a better option? Did it work and then something stupid happened? But when you blow a big lead like that, that's a lot of mistakes that happen over a longer period of time. And when it's on fire like that, it's really, really hard to fix. So just kind of looking at Baltimore, I just want to kind of focus on, on the Ravens. Week one, I believe the Ravens played the Lions, right? What's the no. Uh, nah. Who played? Who, who who did who did the um? The Lions played Philly. Lions played Philly, and, and they came back on Philly. Okay, it was um. Who did the Ravens play week one? Um, was it the Jets? No. Um. Yeah, I think it was the Jets. Let me see. Let me see. Um. Like that's that sounds about right. No, 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 no. hold up. Um, oh yeah. Who in the world did they play? Let me see. Week. Yeah, it was the Jets. It was the Jets. It was the Jets. Jets. Okay. Yeah, that's what I thought. The Jets. Right. Yeah. And what was the final score of that game? If you can just remind me. I think 24, it was 24, 24 9. 24 to 9. 24 9. I looked at that game. Like go back, to kind of just look at the um, stat line in that, in that game. And I kind of saw, like, just looking over the week performance and looking over last week, I see a team that has the same issues that it had for the last three seasons. They can't really seem, they really can't seem to get out of their own way. I mean, for some, like, Duvernay became a number one target overnight, it seems like. And yet, and yet when the chips are down, you choose to run away from what was working for, for you the entire afternoon. Miami was dead in the water. Like, there was no shot at that comeback. 
And you know what? I'll say this. If it wasn't for the fact that it was in a Super Bowl, that one would have been worse. I believe that comeback would have been worse had it not been like for the weight of the game. If you look at both of them for just take away weight of the Super Bowl, the comeback in the fourth quarter for as big a lead as it was and also how much time was left. I think when they finally scored that touchdown to make it a 14-point game, it was in like the five-minute mark or something crazy like that. Mm-hmm. There's three possessions left in a football game after that. And that's counting the Ravens getting the ball back. Because even if you run the ball three straight times, which they didn't do, which was extremely confusing to me, you would have ran two minutes off the clock. Who are you putting the blame on? I'm sticking that blame right where it belongs in his own John Harbaugh. And I say that because if Har, I believe if you turn Lamar Jackson loose, you are running the ball with him to end that game, period. The fact that they kept putting it in the air, I don't know a single quarterback who's going to turn down the ability, the, the time to get back there in the pocket and do your thing. Especially when you're someone as electric as Lamar Jackson, where any play call can be a run. So, knowing that that option was always there, I don't understand why they just didn't run the ball. Same thing with Atlanta back in the Super Bowl when they lost it to New England. Run you, the damn ball. Nah, you blaming the wrong source. Who would you place the blame on? Mike McDonald. Defensive coordinator? Absolutely. Mike McDonald. That that is that is who the that is who the blame of this goes on. Uh, run run the ball or not. I mean, the Ravens at halftime, the Ravens was up 28-7. Like, run the ball or not. Your, you you allowed 28 points in the fourth quarter. The, your identity, the identity of the Ravens. I don't care how electric Lamar Jackson is. The identity of the Ravens is defense. The identity of the Ravens is defense. You got Marcus Peters. You got Patrick Queen. The I'm going to repeat what I said. The identity of the Ravens is defense. Lamar Jackson can be as electric as he wants. And for the record, Lamar Jackson deserves every ounce of money that he is asking for. He deserves every dime of it. But... No matter how big Lamar Jackson is, um, no matter how big of a star he is, the Ravens organization is built the same way the Pittsburgh Steelers organization is built, the same way the damn Cleveland Browns, for for whatever it's worth, the same way that organization is built, defense and running the ball, hard-nosed football, that is the definition that is the definition of the AFC North. The definition. The fact that you allowed 28 points in the fourth quarter, that's all, that's all on the defense. That's that's the defense fault. That ain't that ain't that's not the offense, the offense fault. The offense, what they were supposed to do exactly what they what they were doing the entire game. What got you that 28, what got you that 28-7 lead at halftime? Keep your throat on their neck and keep doing the same thing. Now, the Dolphins got an elite defense. So I understand that their defense stiffened up after halftime because they made adjustments and everything like that. So I understand the Dolphins, the Dolphins defense stiffened up. 
your defense got to play with some heart. And 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 when the last, I, I, let me ask y'all this: When the last time, when, when's the last time y'all can recall a Ravens defense allowing twenty eight points in one quarter? I can only let me say never. Yeah, I say never too. And they allowed it. And I know they got Tyreek and Jalen Waddle, but they allowed it to Tua. And I'm not bashing Tua. I'm not saying he's a good quarterback, but this is the very this is the this is the only season that I can recall in his three years so far. This is the only season where he's looked good. So I have to echo what Mike said. To me, this is all on the defense. I don't know how many times in that second half. After the Dolphins scored a touchdown, we saw Ravens defenders looking at each other, pointing at each other, confused. I thought you had this coverage. No, I thought you had that. Like, and that's you never see that in a Baltimore defense, right? And now, to be fair, I think the Ravens have like, I could be off with a number, but I think they have like four rookies on that defense starting, something like that. Um, but just the miscommunication. And it was just it was just easy to see too, especially as you watched. Cause once you do that, Tyreek is gonna go deep, Waddle's gonna go deep. And it's like, and you know, you have Peters. Peters is a he's a guesser, most in, in like in most most cases anyway. Oh, he's oh, he gonna jump some routes. Yeah. But like you there has to be if that team, if that defense had more communication on Sunday, the Ravens would have won that game. Like, and I, I'm not going to blame the Ravens. Listen, you put up 38 points. I, I, I'm not going to. It's rare that I get blame an offense for only putting up 38 points in a game. Like, I'm not going to blame the, the Ravens offense. They did what they were supposed to do. And uh, shout out to Tua. That's that's the that's the best game he's played so far. Um, he made some really good throws. I still think Lamar was the best quarterback on the field on Sunday, but I agree with Mike that, that Ravens defense, like that's, that's, that's one of those instances where you say that's inexcusable, like 28 points. Like that's, that's just, you, you can't, you can't have that. And so I think for them, it comes down to communication, understanding your assignments and just playing sound, hard nosed football. So I, yeah, I, I put that on the defense more so than the offense. And, and here's the, here's the thing, Killer. Um, when you play, when you uh, when you're up twenty eight, when you're up twenty eight to seven, what's the simplest defense that you can run to not to not mess anything up? You like you're not trying to mess anything up on defense, but you're also not you also you're not trying to mess nothing up or give up or give up a big play. All you're mm-hmm. trying to do all you're trying to do is bend but don't break. When you up twenty eight to seven, all you got to do is bend, but don't break. You don't got to do anything complex. Yeah, you just play thirds. Or That's all you do, or, or you play prevent. No, not prevent. Prevent is too much space. Still, still too much space. If you up twenty eight to seven, if you, if killer, if you the head coach, and I'm the defensive coordinator, I'm running and our, down. And our and our team is up twenty eight to seven at halftime. Mm-hmm. To make sure that we get the win and to make sure that there's no confusion or complication. I am playing nickel formation every single play at the bare minimum as my base because they still got Tyreek Hill. Mm-hmm. So you're gonna so you're gonna want an extra, you're gonna want an extra 
uh, a slot guy out there. So I'm going to play nickel formation. I'm going to play man-to-man cover two. Because if Tyreek Hill go deep, you got a corner on him and you got safety help in both corners of the field. If the ball, if, if, if it's a if it's a go route in the middle of the field, you got both safe you got both safeties who can crash on who can crash uh uh in the middle of the field. With and, and, and under and under the ball will be corner help. The only thing you gotta do is play is play man to man cover two. That's it. That's all you gotta do. I don't know. I don't know what the Ravens was doing, but when you play man to man cover two, everybody got a man. Where that man go, you go. Just like basketball, there's no confusion. Follow your man. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the hell the Ravens was doing uh, was doing on Sunday, but it was clear like something was too complicated because they was getting ate up. Not even in the third quarter. It was the whole fourth quarter. And once once Miami scored 14 points, they should have just dumbed the defense down to something simplistic. What's the simplest formation that's that can that can hold them off and get us the win? That's what that's that's what they should have did. But they, they messed around and let Tyreek Hill get open. They let him get loose. <laughs> like how how you let that happen? If he if he blow by you because he fastened you, that's one thing. If he get open because of blown coverage, somebody need to be running laps right now. Oh, you got a point there. Because um, I just looked at the scoring breakdown. Yeah. In that fourth quarter. Yeah. These are the timestamps. All right? I'm not going to count extra points. These are the timestamps. Start of the fourth quarter, it was 14 to 35. Touchdown, 12-18 to go. Miami. Touchdown, 7.54 to go, Miami. Touchdown, 5.27 to go, Miami. Tie game. It took Baltimore three and a half minutes, basically, about three minutes, to get back downfield and kick a 51-yarder with 2.23 to go. Next drive, touchdown Miami. 19 seconds. I like what you were saying, Mike. And I'm looking at who, like, were the receivers on this. And let's see. Hill caught one, two of them. Waddle caught one. And some dude named Craycraft caught one. The fact that I'm looking at this defense, so that tells me that it was at least two different corners. At least. Because your number one ain't guarding whoever that first dude who caught the um, the first touchdown on the fourth. He clearly won't guard him. And if you are playing the nickel, like, I need to go back. I want to go back and watch just the fourth quarter so I can dissect it. Because something about this is extremely confusing to me now. Because that means your top guy, because the other three touchdowns scored were scored by their either one or what I would call a one A receiver. Because Waddle's going to get a lot of looks, and so is Hill. After those two, it should be I think Secchi, Hecky, Heckney, whatever the tight end's name is. Yeah, Secchi. 
Gusecki? Mike Mike Gusecki. Yeah, Mike Gusecki. So I'm thinking that should be that was how it was going to break. But the fact that it was a third guy first means that it was a nickelback who gave up the first one. And then the other two touchdowns going back to back to Hill. There's no way that um Corey, what's your boy name? The corner you were just talking about, Mark um Peters. There's no way Peters wasn't on him. So Peters gave up two scores. We know off of rip. It might have been three, given whatever the um formation was and who was on Eric Waddle. All right, so look, I just want to point this out. Karma motherfucker. Cause look. R. Jackson is 21 to 29. Out of 29 passes, only eight of them was incomplete. He threw three touchdowns, had a QBR of 149, ran the ball only nine times, but got 119 rushing yards and a touchdown. He did all of this, and the Ravens ain't pay him what he was asking for. Oh, yeah, the Ravens deserve to lose. I am a firm believer. I'm a firm believer of of sleeping in the bed that you made. Y'all heard me talk about it up talk, talk about it regarding the Cowboys last week. I'm a firm believer. You need that you you need to get your ass beat so you can learn the lesson correctly. So the Ravens deserve to lose. Pay that man. He's worth every single dime. And he's doing this on a franchise tag. So if he get hurt. Not only do he fuck up his career, but he fuck y'all up too. Y'all season aspirations go go as far as he go. Sign that man. Stop playing around, yo. This is karma. They deserve to lose, man. Yeah, I'm to. I got a question. He threw for over three hundred yards. Ran for over a hundred yards. Threw for three touchdowns, rushed for one touchdown. He had one run go 79 yards. Pay this man. My bad, Killer. You said you had a question? Yeah, actually, another observation first. He also only turned over the ball once, but that was on a fumble, which if you run as much as Lamar does, I'll I'll take a fumble. I, I honestly I would take one fumble a week from him. Yeah. yeah. And another reason why they need to pay this man, who the fuck is Rashad Bateman? I mean. No, nah, I mean for for answer that in, in all honesty, who the fuck is Rashad Bateman? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Want me, no, you want me to tell you? Want me to tell you? He's their leading receiver by yardage this season because of that one game he put up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm looking at this wide receiving core. I'll be honest with you. I so, thought Dallas was going to be worse off. I totally forgot about Baltimore. You ain't think Dallas was going to be worse worse off? You picked us to win 12 games. I've never let I know. You live that down. I know. Over. I know. And it'd be funny as hell if Cooper Rush winds up going like 4-0 or some shit. Yeah, I will, you, I, will yeah, yeah. I will laugh. I will laugh if that, if that happens. Yeah. I promise you I'll laugh. That's not happening. I'm not saying it is, but I'm saying if it does, I will laugh because that would be fucking hilarious. Yeah, we can end that. <laughs> we can end that. <laughs> <laughs> it's not likely. You know what else isn't likely? That someone named Likely is your third leading receiver in that game, and he happens to be a tight end. That's weird to me. Going back to Baltimore. Yeah. 
I mean, Mark Andrews is also a tight end, so. I mean, Mark Andrews is one of the top five tight ends in, in the entire NFL. Yeah, that's true. And he's also one of the top targeted, I'll say, receiving options in the NFL as well. Yeah, I agree with that too. I think he's led the NFL in targets. I was, no, last year was um Cooper, uh, Cooper the the Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup. Yeah, he led in targets last year. But as far as like always finishing in the top three, the top five in targets year after year, it's that burly motherfucker. So I get him putting up numbers. It's going to happen. He's there, Tony Gonzalez. He's, he's there, Todd Heat. He's the newer Todd Heat. He's going to get his targets. I don't know who this likely kid is. I have no idea who he is. But it's just weird to me that he's making these guys look, look great. That's all for me. And um, kind of want to get to teams that... um suck and I don't know why they suck. What's wrong in Indianapolis right now? What's in the water with the Colts? Anyone know? Corey, you want to go or should I? Uh, I'll take this one first. Okay. I think partly is like I mentioned a couple shows <clears throat> a couple weeks ago. Like Matt Ryan, he's obviously not MVP Matt Ryan anymore. But I think the bloom may be off the rose for uh, what's his name, Frank Wright. Um, it's it's funny how you look at the Colts. Like when Chris Ballard took got the GM job, like he's like a well respected person in the league, and and like on paper, he like he made some good moves. Like he hired Frank Wright and drafted um, uh, uh what's that guard? He was supposed to be the next Zach Martin. I forgot his name. Uh, but anyway, and you got Darius Leonard in the third round, and like you thought the Colts were going to do something. And now it's just like it's, they, they just seem to be going backwards now. And again, it, it's early, but they've definitely made some questionable decisions these last couple years. You know, going back to the Carson Wentz thing, and now what's going on this season. And I, again, it's early, but. The Colts are just, they are not who I thought they would be. And I think it's, it might be, you know, it just might be one of those things where we thought they would be pretty good or decent. And guess not. I guess we were all wrong. At least I was wrong anyway. Yeah. I, I now can kind of see that the Colts right now are the Dallas Cowboys of the AFC. Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, hey. Hey. As far as current hey, construction, no, 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 current no, no, construction. Hey, Hold on, we, let me we, finish. We, hey, we ain't come for you. Let me finish. Let me finish, because you're gonna agree with this. Right now, outside, like, because Dak's hurt, he's not a he's not a factor right now. So minus Dak, these rosters are pretty much the damn same. You're gonna have to lean hard on your running back. You really have one wide receiving option. Your tight end is serviceable at best. Like he's not gonna blow the top off of nothing, but he will grab like four or five. Four, he will snag like four or five in the game, and it'll be about what you would expect. You got Sorry. one receiver you're gonna lean on heavy, C.D. Lamb. Hey, have you seen Michael Pittman recently? I, I, and also, you're gonna have a ground game, but your ground game can't get going because your offensive line, which was supposed to be one of the strengths of your team, turns out to not be a weakness due to injury and ill preparedness. Now your ground game really can't get going, even though you have one of the better backs in football. Jonathan Taylor, have you met Ezekiel Elliott? 
I'm sorry, these things are paralleling to me. No, yeah, they're paralleling to you, <laughs> but it ain't paralleling in actual practice. I'm going to tell you why. Uh, because now you said minus the quarterback, so I'm not, not going to talk about the quarterback. Jonathan Taylor, Jonathan Taylor, uh, uh, I'll get back to him. You talked about the receivers, how we how we got to lean hard on CD Lamb. No, we're not doing that. We're not doing that. No, we're not. We're not. We're not leaning hard on CD Lamb. Not at all. Not at all. I think in I think in two games, CD Lamb may have caught four passes. We're not. We're not leaning hard. We're not leaning hard on CD Lamb at all. Um, defensively, we are better than we are better than Indiana. Everything about us is better than Indianapolis. I mean. Darius Leonard, Darius Leonard, root to the bros. I actually, I actually know him personally because he, uh, he's, uh, Neos. But anyway, he dope, but he ain't better than Michael Parsons. Um, like, yeah, no, uh, no. Um, now, then there's the, the problem with the Colts. They got Matt Ryan. I, I was just that's where I was gonna go. I, like, I had to step away real quick. I don't know all what Corey said. The problem is Matt Ryan. The problem is Matt Ryan. I've been saying it for, I've been saying it since Matt Ryan was in Atlanta. He is Romo 2.0. He going to throw picks. He is, the problem is Matt Ryan. That's the problem. The problem is Matt Ryan. They had the same team last year with Carson Wentz. They had the same team. Look what they did. They got the same team now. Take Carson Wentz away, add Matt Ryan. That ain't suck. What's the common denominator? Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan. It's Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan is the problem. Matt Ryan is the... Matty Ice, the dude who be on the Tide commercials with Stone Cold Steve Austin and Ice T. He <clears throat> is the problem. Damn. It's, it's Matty Ice. Th- that that's all I got for you. That's my explanation. Right. Corin, you know how I feel about Maddie Ice. Look, the problem is Maddie Ice. Yeah, you know what? I, I've never really been like a big fan of his. I always thought he would drop it in big situations. And I know everyone does go back to the Super Bowl, but I'm gonna take it back a little bit further. For since you know I'm an ACC football connoisseur, for those of y'all who may not know, Matt Ryan was the quarterback of the number two football team in the nation at that time, Boston College. After they were ranked number two for six days, they ran up against the Florida State Seminoles, who were unranked at that time, who took them boys to the woodshed to show them that they ain't shit. And Matt Ryan, you are pedestrian at best. They shut him up, played a terrible game. As soon as he got a little bit of notoriety or credit for something, kicked right in the teeth. Same thing happened Super Bowl, MVP season, kicked right in the teeth. Big moment in your life. If Matt Ryan, I think the only reason why Matt Ryan is still playing is because people believe that he has the talent that he doesn't possess because he's always had a Hall of Fame receiver or at minimum a Pro Bowl level receiver. He's never not had that. So I always look at a quarterback who's Just always like had that kind Romo. of a weapon. Just exactly. like Romo. Exactly. So I always look at a quarterback like you are, are you as good as you are or are your weapons carrying you further than you can get on your own? I have no qualms about it. 
about Lamar Jackson. I had no qualms about it for Brady. I thought about it for Manning because he's never not had that kind of guy. He's always had it. Now, I can't penalize it if it, you kind of get drafted into a situation where your front office is hell smart like it was in Indy back then. But the fact that I don't know how good you are really, and then the one time that you started to decline and play, the blame never shifted to you. It went straight to your offensive line, which I thought was bullshit. Because you can definitely outplay your bad offensive line. You see my Pittsburgh Steelers over the last six years? We've been good in spite of having a bad O-line. So you can always find ways to mitigate, and I don't think he does that. So I think he was an average quarterback who saw good enough success to be a bridge famer. Bridge famer. A fringe famer. Like, this is where he is with that. But I told you about them damn Lions. Told you about the Detroit Lions. They will finish second in that, in that division. I think I think this could be the one year. This is the chance. Now that Detroit was a non-factor in most people's eyes, I seriously do believe the Detroit Lions might be able for the first time in God knows how long to sweep the Green Bay Packers. I think they can do it. It's hard for me to say because they played Washington. So I'm just like, are the Lions for real or is it just the competition? Now, I will say they put up, what they put up, 35 against Philly? 35 on Philly, 36 on Washington. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. That yeah. offense is the offense is humming. Yeah, I can't like I can't like okay, so I I can't knock you know thirty five and thirty six in, 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 in two weeks. So I give I I give them I'll give them that credit. But uh, I guess I'm I'm I want to see I'm waiting to see just a little bit more from Detroit until I say okay yeah they might finish second. I just want to see a little bit more. Well shoot, looking at the way Minnesota looked uh, last night, that might not be much of a stretch anymore. Cause like, glad I, I'm not a big believer in Minnesota anyway, but like. The, okay, your your analysis that the Lions could finish second killer, they, they, they don't, it doesn't seem all that crazy now. I will say that. It doesn't seem all that crazy right now. Seems crazy to me. <laughs> it seems crazy to me. Um, oh, look. I, I'm going to just keep it a whole stack. Matt LaFleur may have found something with this damn two running back set. I know they ain't got Devontae, but <laughs> hey, they uh, who who the Green, whoever Green Bay played uh, uh, on Sunday, I can't remember. They Chicago. Uh, Chicago, they annihilated. Oh my God, they annihilated Chicago like dog, dog. I don't know. I mean, I know it's Chicago. I know it's Chicago, but. I ain't ready to look after what I seen. I don't know if I'm if I'm ready to put the lines over that. I, I I gotta see it. I got I ain't saying that they can't do it, but I, I got I gotta see it, man. This this what I, this what I look at. 
the the final score of the Detroit um the Detroit Washington game was 36-27, right? Nine point game. Uh so they won the game. They won the game by two, yeah, by two uh scoring possessions. At halftime, it was 22 to 0. So so yeah, Washington gave up some points, but in one half the Lions gave up 28, I mean 27. Now, shit, the Ravens gave up 28 in one quarter. We ain't going to talk we, we did that. We talked about that already. But Detroit, they still gave up 27 points in a half. I don't know if I'm ready to put that over Green Bay. I, I, I just, I just, I just don't know. Um, Green, yeah, I, I uh, let me see that. The, the AFC, yeah, yeah. Green Bay, Green. I, I still, I still will put Green Bay at number one. They killed. Don't, don't. Didn't you have Green Bay number one also? I had Green Bay finishing third with the Vikings. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, he had the yeah. Vikings at number one. Oh, Vikings, Vikings at one, and that was that was because I believe their pieces, I believe, will come together a lot better. Because the only reason why this team underperformed a lot was because they were always hurt. But uh, I think. As long as the quarterback is, yeah, it is Kirk Cousins. Um, he is, as a certain deceased YouTuber would say, is average at best. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think y'all both know who I was just talking about. Yeah, yeah. But um, I believe the Vikings, if they, they gotta go. They're one of those teams that has to go sixty forty. But the 40 can only be spread over three people. They have to go 60% run, 40% pass. But it's bad when you think about it that way because you think about the receiving options that they have. They have one of the best receivers in the game in Justin Jefferson. Also, another, I would say a top 20 receiver in Adam Thielen. Top 20? Yeah. I believe you can throw him in the top 20. Top 20? He's right around... He's like right like behind guys like Deontay Johnson. Like he's right around in there, yeah. I I, I would I would throw Adam Thielen I mean, in the top twenty. Okay. I mean I, look I, after, I, after you get past like the first ten to fifteen guys who are like locks, it's not that long of a list till you get to Adam Thielen. Hey, look, I, I'm not I ain't gonna debate you because off the top of my head. I can't name 20 receivers better than Thielen off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. But if I did some research, I'm pretty sure I could find 20 receivers. You know what? Let that be our homework assignment. And we'll come we'll come back and we'll come back to that. We'll, re- I mean, we'll revisit I'll, look, that. I'll do that by the by the end of the show. And, and it's not a knock on it's not a knock on Thielen. Thielen is really it's just that we both know receiver is a Th- Thielen, Thielen was supposed to be Cooper Cup. Mm-hmm. Um, so Thielen is really, really good. I ain't yeah. taking nothing. And I also out. think about how much of that was the fact that he split catches with Diggs. And he, and he split, yeah, and he's also splitting catches now with Justin Jefferson. So he's always been the number two. But when those other two number one options don't show, he's right there. Like it's it doesn't it'll shock people if he's you know, if he caught, I don't even think he's had a season where he's caught less than a thousand yards over the last few. Let me take a look at that. 
Adam Thielen was balling. Hey, look, I got a, I got a question for both of y'all. I think I know what the answer is, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Mm-hmm. Why do Vikings don't get the criticism that the Cowboys get? I'm That's a great you, question. I, I, I'm going to tell you why, man. I'm like, Corey, I'm interested to hear what you got to say about this too, but I, I, I'm going to tell you why I say that because, like, think think back to two years ago, Cowboys was in contract negotiations, uh, negotiations with Dak. And Dak signed that uh, $40 million deal. What you hear? Oh, he not worth it. Instant criticism. Oh, Dak can't blah, 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 blah. But shit, back back when his time was up, Kirk Cousins signed a huge deal with Minnesota. It was huge at the time. Mm-hmm. They got Dalvin Cook. They got not one, but according to Killer. Oh, can y'all hear me now? Yeah. I don't know what the hell happened. But, look, I'm just saying, Minnesota got a high-priced quarterback. They got a running back in Dalvin Cook. They got two top 20 receivers. Um, They got Ever- they got Everson Griffin. Oh, no, they had Everson Griffin. They had Everson Griffin. Um, But they got, they got Kendricks on defense. Like, they got pieces, and they don't never take no heat. Like they don't never take no heat for not producing. But let this be. Let this be the Cowboys. It's it's like, it's it's like, Ringling Brothers and Barnum Bailey. Like, <laughs> like Corey, why 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 is that? Like. I understand why the show, why why there's the show if the Cowboys don't win. I don't understand why there isn't a show when the Vikings don't win. I think it's because for better or for worse, nobody really cares about the Vikings. It's like, it's, it's just like, no, I don't think anybody, I just don't think people just pay much attention to the Minnesota Vikings. And it's like, and one is because they play in the Aaron Rodgers division. You know, they they play with the Packers and Aaron Rodgers dominated that division for a long time. And and like I know people, like people, like me, most people, not all people know Kirk Cousins is not that guy. Like he's he's just he's just not like everybody acknowledges that. But it's it's just kind of like it's just kind of like Minnesota. Like Minnesota doesn't, they don't, they don't bother anybody. Like whereas the Cowboys, like, you know, we're always front and center. And and I can I can understand, like, if you're not a fan of the Cowboys, how you could be you feel like they could rub you the wrong way because Jerry Jones is always out there and the visibility and the brand and everybody's talking about it and people get sick of it, blah, blah, blah. So I think it's just from an optics standpoint, you know, people uh just overall, I think people get more irritated about how the Cowboys conduct their business. But just like the Vikings, they're just like they're just that 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 kind of harmless that harmless person that that you say, oh, they got a they got a stud running back, they got a great defense, they got this. Like, oh, okay, that's nice. I think that's just kind of that's just kind of what they are. It's it's like it's it's the Vikings. You know, that's kind of I mean, how I see them. I mean, I get it. It's the Vikings. But killer, who the Vikings oh. have had? Look at their franchise history. They oh, see. Moss. Cole Pepper, Herschel Walker. That's just three off the top of my head that I just named. I can um, go deeper. Go ahead. 
Remember the defensive end, Randall. John Randall. He was John a Randall. stud, bro. He was a stud. Chris Carter. Chris Carter. Um, didn't they have a safety who was nasty like that? I want to say they had a safety who was like that, too. I don't remember a safety. They had a safety who was pretty good. Um, and then you get to now with Justin Jefferson. That's Stephon Diggs. Um, Dalvin Cook. Uh, Michael Bennett at running back before he got hurt. Hall of Famer Fran Tarkenton. Fran Tarkenton. Good call there. Oh, shoot. Let's pick up that. Uh, how about the Purple People Eaters? Wasn't that the entire damn defense? Yeah. 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 So, so like, that's what I'm saying. So, like, look at they, look at their franchise history, right? And, of course, Adrian Peterson. And oh, course, Adrian, oh, my God. Adrian, Adrian Peterson, he arguably the greatest Viking of all time. Like, he's going, he's going to go into the Hall of Fame as a Viking. Like, oh, Brett Favre. And they had Brett Favre. <laughs> he did have Brett Favre. Oh, yeah, we got to talk about his ass. But, um... But, yo, the Vikings have had all of these people throughout their whole history. They ain't got nothing to show for it. And nobody ever gets on their case. And I'm just like, yo, if this was Dallas, oh, my God. <laughs> like, we get ate up. We get ate up for making the playoffs and not going to the second round. Like, so I'm just trying to figure out why I'm just why the Vikings don't get no criticism. Like, even the Bears get criticism. You know what draws criticism? Success. Exactly. When you don't have a, have none to really like none at all. They don't have no rings, but like, and Boss and Culpepper and Herschel Walker, like like they was winning. Hmm. Never took no criticism. Y'all know who else ain't never took no criticism? What other team? To the 2007 New England Patriots. Oh, Randy Moss, under- Tom Brady, the, the ones who went 18 and one, and the one happened to be in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. They don't never take no criticism. I think that's just because they just have such a a thing of winning over like that that Brady Belichick era is it's kind of like it's it's not that people don't forget it but it's it's kind of like you you know it, it's it's just like well you know they they got they got six and so it's just it's it's just it's it's hard you know what i'm saying it's just hard cuz when they have when you have such a legacy of winning and it's like like killer said like the Patriots have a legacy of winning the Cowboys have a legacy of winning, despite not winning in recent years. The Steelers have a legacy of winning. 49ers have a legacy of winning. You know what I'm saying? Packers. The Packers. The Giants. No, they don't. I, I will not lo- allow you to say the Packers. I will not allow it. They have four. Huh? They have four. Great. And the trophy is named after the, the coach. They, they have right, four. Right, right, right. No, no, no. They got history. They have history. I wouldn't necessarily call it a history of winning. Like they they won they they won like in Vince Lombardi days they they was they won two of them then one with one with Favre and one with one, Aaron one with Favre and then one with Rodgers right what I'm saying is 
the Green Bay Packers deserve just as much criticism as the Dallas Cowboys. Now, I will agree. I, now, I will I will say this point. The fact that you had two back-to-back Hall of Fame quarterbacks and you only achieved one Super Bowl between them, like, that is worthy of criticism. Yeah. Like, how, how often do you have – again, the only other team I can think of is the 49ers when they went Montana to Young. But, like, you only got one Super Bowl – with Colts Brett Favre and one who did? Colts almost did it too had Andrew Luck played. Oh yeah, true. But like you only got you only got two Super Bowls between those two. Like they the, the Packers definitely deserve criticism. Like that should, there's no way yeah. that should happen. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah. Um but yeah, I, I I wasn't trying to derail nobody point. I was just asking, like it just popped in my head because I'm like, yo, all of these teams that we be talking about. They've won even less than the uh, quote unquote the the headliner of the teams, and like what y'all were saying about New England, like based on your based on y'all logic about the Patriots, they better start getting criticized within the next five to ten years. Because Belichick, Belichick started to get some. Criticism now, if you look at the well, way Belichick team. is starting to get some criticism now, but it don't matter to Belichick. He got six rings and he old as hell. Like he about to, he will retire before it get like before it gets to the worst point. You know what I mean? Um, but like Brady gone, the Patriots ain't about to be winning for a while. Y'all know how it is when you got like a super dynasty and you got like an era or, or some eras that you just dominating, and then. It ends and you don't win for a long ass time. Happened to the Cowboys, obviously. It happened to the 49ers. Uh, it happened to the Steelers, too. It happened to the Steelers in basketball. The 80s, were, to, the 80s it, were rough. In basketball, it happened to Chicago. Um, like, like, everybody goes through this lull after like the superstar leaves. New England ain't about to be winning for a long ass time. At least that's that's what I think. And if that holds true, I swear to God, they better get the same criticism that the Cowboys get. When it comes down to that, I think time will tell. Um, we're going to be well into our 50s by the time. Jesus. Time, by, by, no, this is by the time that kind of criticism is warranted. Oh, by the yeah, because, by the time. Because the only reason why Dallas gets the, hate, the heat they do is because they dominated a period of time so well that when people look back and look on that fondly and then wonder where the success went. But the only reason why it's been looked at like that now is because it's gone from 1996 all the way to 2022 with two playoff wins. That's a long-ass time. We're We're talking the Jaguars have won more. The Panthers have won more. Like, teams that came along, and that was, like, what, their second year in the league? The last time y'all won a Super Bowl? Uh, something like that. So we're talking franchises that are that are pretty much as old as the last Lombardi that a great franchise has brought in. So we're going to have to talk about New England in that same sense. I shorten the time and say if it's 10 years from now, and no one in your division really has started to dominate. Like, some teams may win here or there, but no one's fully dominated. Like, I look at the NFC East like that right now. I mean, Washington was a dumpster fire from around that same period until now. Philly, someone had to win the division. 
because the Giants are really bad. The Cow- that 5-11 streak y'all had, the rest of the division sucked. It was Philly and everyone else. That was my worst time being a Cowboys fan. That five, those three years of five and eleven. Straight five and eleven. The worst. My mom. Oh, you saw the Dave Campo years. The Dave Dave Campo. That was the worst. Mm -hmm. That was the worst years being a Cowboy fan, bro. The worst. I disagree with you, Corey. No, there was there was a worst period. Which one? In our lifetime. In our lifetime. Yeah. Worst period to me. Is when we traded for motherfucking Roy Williams, the receiver. You want to talk about upset? Oh my God. Thank God for Dez Bryant because he was like the next big receiver after him that like got us out of the, that that receiver hell. But Roy Williams, if I ever see him walking in the street, I gotta I gotta high five his face. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, Bro, I, I, I like see like a Can you hear me? Yeah. yeah. Well, if you're talking now, then no. But like, that was just something that was like clearly on my mind. Like it'll take New England probably about ten more years of mediocrity. Yeah. And, and, also, and like to be and also, fair, also they would need to have some down years too because it can't just be, oh, we, we're not winning Super Bowls anymore, but we're still in playoffs every year. That's San Antonio's third shit. It's like we may not win it every year, but at least we're there. Yeah, and like the the Patriots, New England, like they they've earned that sort of grace period because like you look at any dynasty, right? Like there's there's you have those dynastic years, and then you have those years where you kind of fall off, you kind of fall away and like that's to be expected so i don't think new england's at the point yet where they get criticized because it's their their dynasty it's, it's too recent it's 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 too recent so i think like you said i think it's going to be a little while before they the organization starts to get criticized like dallas but a lot of the dallas criticism is, is dis- disingenuous like a lot of people just do it for tv for the sake of television it's not, a lot of it's not that real i'll be honest with you if there's one franchise maybe outside of green bay and I wouldn't even put Green Bay there because they've actually won one since the year 2000. But there is another team that's won five that I definitely think deserves it, and it's the freaking 49ers because they had the same amount of talent that you all have had over the years, the same amount of great teams you all have had over the years, and nutted up every single time they've gotten there. They've had one shot at it, and they blew that. So take, take you know, make of it what you will. But I think the 49ers deserve just as much if not probably even more criticism than Dallas because it has been a longer period of time. I agree. And I think for the most part, the 49ers have been a better run organization than, than the, than the Cowboys have. Like the Cowboys have made the playoffs more than the 49ers have since the last Super Bowl wins. Yeah, probably. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think they deserve their criticism. Yes. But again, a lot of it, like a lot of the, the criticism the Cowboys get is, is disingenuous. It's just for it's just for show because it drives ratings. As a matter of fact, a person who is a prominent, I wouldn't say prominent, but is a figure on television now used to be an on-air analyst for the Cowboys. He used to hype up the Cowboys, and now he's just trashing the Cowboys. Why? Because ratings. So. Let me guess. Who you talking about? Stephen A. Smith? No. You smart. Emmanuel Acho. Oh, Emmanuel Acho. Yeah. Two, three, I don't be listening four, to him. Seven, at eight, all. Nine, 
17, 11. Okay, so that's 11 playoff appearances. Would you counting up the playoff appearances since the uh, last Super Bowl? Mm-hmm. And I'm going to do the same thing for the 49ers because I'm telling you, I think the Cowboys have made more. If we've made more, that would be shocking to me. Now, y'all have made 11. I'm counting them up now. It's looking good, I'll tell you that much. Oh, yeah, y'all got this. One, two, three, four, five. Then they missed it like seven years in a row. One, two, three, four. I mean, I think people forget the 49ers really just got good within like the last like four years. Wow, one more trip. Yeah. One more trip, which in that case, I believe makes it worse. That means you have more good teams. But yeah, I, I, I'm just, I, I always, because I'm a Cowboys fan, I always be looking at stuff from a, I always try to look at stuff from a objective point of view. Like, yo, I'm not saying our, like, our criticism be warranted. I just don't understand why less successful teams don't get it. Yeah, like, let's see, who else? I mean, it's some teams that have just been historically terrible. That if they see a little bit of success, we just say, well, damn, welcome to the party. It's about time. Yeah. Cincinnati, Cleveland, Houston, and Carolina. I think they'll all make that list. I feel like the Bills a little bit too. And the now. Jags. Well, the Bills, it, the Bills are a funny team. I, I, I'm going to, they're a really funny team. Because if you look at playoff appearances and playoff wins, they were right there with y'all in the nineties. I mean, as far as total playoff wins and and play it like seeing the playoffs like that, yeah. I mean, they dominated the division. It was literally dominated the division up until Brady was drafted. Yeah, I think the Patriots won it like won a division like three times in the nineties, and that was after they got Bledsoe. Yeah. So I don't really see. Like I think the Bills are definitely worthy of it, but the only reason why they don't get it. Is because there's not one Lombardi trophy there. Even though I believe they're they they deserve criticism the same way that actually they deserve it and Minnesota deserves it. Because I don't think there's two other teams outside of I think the New England Patriots who have lost more Super Bowls. Yo, can we talk about um can we talk about the Jets Browns game real quick? Oh, definitely. Because uh, like, yo, I, Cleveland, I, I, Cleveland's I Cleveland. I swear that I said the Jets gonna finish last in their division. That's a fact. They gonna mm-hmm. finish last. But in that division, the Jets are going to be the team that you are the most excited about by the end of the year. The J- I, look, I understand it's the Browns. I understand the Browns' quarterback is uh, I think it's uh, Jacoby Brissett. Yeah. Um, but the Jets got talent. The Jets got talent. Um. My only wish about this Jets win is I wish it wouldn't have been Joe Flacco. Mm-hmm. I can't stand Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco and Eli Manning are in the same category to me. I That's elite s- Joe Flacco to you, sir. I, hey, 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 hey. Elite Joe, <laughs> elite Joe Flacco ain't even good enough to wash the damn rims on my car. <laughs> like, yo. I I do not I do not like Joe Flacco. 
the same way I don't like Eli Manning. But nevertheless, the, like I said, the Jets got talent. The Jets really got talent. Um, and so I think they des- they deserve they deserve a little bit of flowers. You know what I'm saying? They do. And you know, let's also go out here and say this about the Browns defense. That Browns defense is pretty good. Yeah, facts. The Browns defense is pretty good. I mean, Denzel Ward. I mean, you don't probably have a better one-on-one cover corner who doesn't get as much love because he does just as good a job as Jalen Ramsey on a week-to-week basis. He doesn't get the same love. Yeah. So Denzel Ward, I definitely put up there. Um, that defense is like that. That offense, once they get touchy-feely back there at quarterback, I'm I'm going to be legitimately scared of them because you're giving a quarterback who hasn't had a total football team, you're giving him one for the first time in his career. You're giving him a ground game, probably one of the probably the best ground game of all of football because of the offensive line and Nick Chubb not giving a damn. Like whoever had Nick Chubb in fantasy, congratulations on your win. There's no way you lost that game. Hey, Corey, I also want to point out the Rams look so unimpressive. Yeah, they do. The, the L.A. Rams look so unimpressive, and I'm and I'm not the guy. I don't believe in Super Bowl hangover shit. I, like, like, yo, just because they won a Super Bowl, they ain't forget how to play football. I don't know what the hell is going on, but the Rams look terrible. They beat the Falcons who have Marcus Mariota as a starting quarterback who ain't really been good since his second year in Tennessee. They only beat them by four points. Like, so unimpressive. And it's remind, it's it's reminding me of, uh, like, like, the Rams looking the way that they look. Just It just brings me back to, you know what? This is one of the this is one of the uh, complaints about Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford, he was he he's not he's never consistently good. Um, like he gonna turn the ball over, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, um, yeah, I, I'm just yeah. not impressed with the Rams, uh, and I also don't like how they're using their running backs. Um, I feel like I feel like Cam Akers should be toting that thing, and I know I know Daryl Henderson is nice. Um, I know he's like the lightning to Cam Akers' thunder, but Cam Akers to me is the better back. I feel like they I feel like they need they really need to make a, a more concerted effort to getting him the ball. Um, it's like it's like if if Cooper Cup don't have the ball in their hands, the Rams' offense just stalls. I got a, I got a problem with that. Yeah, I, I can see your concerns with the L.A. Rams. I really can. Because I think the way they ran the ball, looks like 26 times. 26 times. The, yeah. the split the split was 15 for Cam Akers, 10 for Daryl Henderson. I don't like that. The Cowboys also did that with uh, with their running backs. I don't like splitting carries like that. Like, like let your, let your starting running back, let him tote the rock. When he need a break, then, and, you yeah. know what I'm saying, bring in, bring in the backup. But 
Like, let him tote that thing, you know what I'm saying? Like, give him, load up his carries because certain running backs get better as the course of the game goes on. And so Ken like, Makers is one of them. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So like, so like, I, I don't like, I don't like how this, how this, uh, how Sean McVay doing this split stuff, and I think Sean McVay is getting too dependent on this Matt Stafford Cooper Cup connection. It's like, yo, Cooper Cup ain't Jesus. Mm-hmm. He can't do everything. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, and it's like they just keep his like offense. All they going Stafford gonna hike the ball. He gonna make his. He gonna he gonna make his uh, reads. He gonna run out the pocket, extend the play. Just to get it to Cooper Cup, it happens like every time. You know, and you're not capping when you say it happens every time. We're talking targets here, gentlemen. Fourteen of them things for Cooper Cup in Sunday's game with 11 grabs. Next highest is Tyler Higby, nine targets on seven receptions. After that's Allen Robinson, five targets on four receptions. Why not look for Allen Robinson just a little bit more? So that Allen, coverage. Allen Robinson, he was a number one in Jacksonville and in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, were both of those situations optimal? Nah, but he's proven he can do that thing. So I don't know what LA, like LA, you remember I said that I was a little iffy on LA? I'm like, like I think they're going to win the division, but it's only because of what up. Uh, what the other teams in the division have going on, like Calamari missing um, DeAndre Hopkins for six games, and then you got, you know, the the the, the cluster F this, the San Francisco 49ers, which we're going to get to them next. And then, of course, you got the Seattle Seahawks who gave up on their season before it started. They very well could go 1-16 one in, one in because they won the one game they gave a damn about. So... I'm not 100% sure that L.A. is going to – like, I look at L.A. the same way I'm looking at Tampa. I'm not that impressed. I I don't know who the – like, right now, if I had to pick a best team in the NFC, i go Philly. And I hate to say it, I do not like the Eagles. I know a lot of people don't know, but the Eagles are still his little brothers. Like, we don't – like, who are you across the river with one ring? Shut up. You're making too much noise. Like, that's how we look at Eagles fans and, and the Eagles in general. Like, you are not good enough to share the same state with the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's how we look at them. And I hate to put them to say they're the best team in that conference because I already know what Philly's going to do. Philly's going to pull a Philly and they're going to lose to Detroit or something in the wild card. Like, something wild is going to happen. So... I don't know what to make of the NFC. It's a very confusing conference. But I don't know. I just need some help making sense of this. I truly do. I think it's I think it's too soon to really say it because it's only been two weeks, you know, and everybody you know these are this this is the time of the season where everybody wants to get their hot takes off and think somebody's great or somebody's regressed or whatever like I think I think Tampa is going to turn it around um I think Tom Brady's got a lot on his mind right now like and it's going on in his personal life I think that's playing a factor um I think you know people teams are trying to settle in to, to other teams and like getting stuff down and it's like you know, like 
Tua, just as an example, he threw six touchdowns against the Ravens, right? What's the likelihood? Maybe not six touchdowns. But what's the likelihood of Tua having like a, a big game like that, like consistently this season, you know? And so I like the, the Ravens, you know, blowing that lead. Like, what's the likelihood of that, that happened again this season? You know what I mean? So, like, I, th- I just think through two weeks, it's too early to label anybody as anything. Um, right now, you gotta you gotta let this thing you gotta let this thing play out. And I think things will kind of regress back to the mean as the season goes along. But that's just my opinion. Uh, well, that seems to be a good one there. But uh, the one thing that we kind of blew up in our Discord about on Sunday, I believe it was, was Talk after Trey after Trey Lance did exactly Talk what we thought was me. gonna happen. Now, um, like Talk said, we, to me, killer. Talk like, to our, me. Our Discord blew up about that. Now, um, I I said before it started, and I know Mike said it, like we both agreed, but for different reasons. I said a front office knows, like right when they said, you know, Garoppolo, can you sign right here real quick? There was a reason for that. And the reason was Trey Lance is not, he's not ready. He's not. If he ever was going to get ready, this was the time to get ready. But he's not. Like, just looking at his season to this point, now granted, his season is over. It is done. But I want to draw your attention to something. Jimmy Garoppolo came out there, and Jimmy Garoppolo was Jimmy Garoppolo. He was good enough to put them in a position to win games. That's what Jimmy's going to do. What Trey Lance was going to do was be good enough to have you finish maybe over 500. Because I'm going to be honest with you, how it was going against Seattle before Jimmy G got in there, it was looking like Seattle was about to be 2-0 in this bad boy. The team was not looking good. They were not responding to Trey. I believe at this point, if you're San Francisco, you don't have trade value on either guy. I do not believe you have trade value on either guy. So at this point, you make a decision. If you are San Francisco, do you run with Jimmy and ride it till the wheels fall off or until you can possibly find a better option in free agency? Because you're not going to draft the guy who's going to come in and put you in a position to take advantage of this roster. And they can't. Exactly, because they they don't have a first round draft pick this year. I'm, I'm they traded they traded three first round picks for Trey Lance. Hey, look, this is why people listen to off the sticks because the shit that comes across everywhere else is breaking news. Then already got broke. The news then already got broke over here. I told y'all before the season started. Trey Lance will not. I said the 49ers will do good. 49ers will be a playoff team. However, Trey Lance will not be the starting quarterback. I wasn't predicting the injury. I don't wish injury on nobody. But going back to what you said, Killer, it was very evident. Trey Lance was not ready. He was not ready in preseason. They got this man hurt 
and he didn't even look good in the season that they to me that 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 pisses me off like that's the 49ers fault Trey Lance was so bad that you didn't go and sign a backup quarterback you extended the guy who took you to the NFC championship game last year because Trey Lance looked so bad in the preseason then you didn't make you didn't make it a QB competition. You stuck to your guns being stubborn, saying that Trey Lance is the future, so we're gonna go with Trey Lance. Not realizing Trey Lance is the future, but we talking about the present. You got a roster that is ready to win right now. Why are you putting Trey Lance out there? Do what the Titans did to Malik Willis, killer. If I'm if I'm correct, before and I, this is not this is not, I'm not trying to do a I told you so kind of thing, but if I'm correct, me and you had a little a little debate before the season officially started where you was talking about the Titans need to start Malik Willis, and I said no they don't because the Titans the Titans got a terrible situation with no receivers. They O line, they O line ain't really, ain't really all that. They'll mess around and get Malik Willis killed. And we had, we had, we had a little, a little talk about that before the season started. This, it's the, the same thing applied to Trey Lance. The 49ers should have, they should have kept Jimmy G in there because he knows this. He knows those teammates. He can win with those teammates. He's going to lead them to the playoffs with those teammates. It sucks that Trey Lance got hurt, but that but his injury is on the 49ers' hands. They knew he wasn't ready before the season started and decided to go with him anyway. That is a problem. That's that I don't I don't even know if that's a John Lynch thing. I don't even know if that's a Cal I honestly I don't know if that's a Cal Shanahan thing either, because I feel like Cal Shanahan like uh likes Garoppolo. I don't know who choice it was for them to start Trey Lance. Especially when everybody, including fans, could see he ain't look good. But this injury could have been avoided. This this could have been avoided. And it sucks. It sucks that he got a that he got a, a nail. His season got to end. He got to go through rehab, get put on IR, all this other stuff. Like all of this shit could have been avoided. Just start the start the quarterback that you know can get the job done with the roster that you have. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is all on the 49ers. This is all on 49ers. Yeah, this is 100% on them. Um, Corey, I know you were a, a lot higher on Trey Lance coming in than me and Mike were. We both, I mean, like, like Mike said, this is not a I told you so kind of a situation, but after seeing it's what not, you saw preseason, no, I, I got to ask this no, no, one not, question. No, no, wait, wait. I just want to clear it up. It's not, it's not a Mike isn't high on Trey Lance. I'm how I'm how, I was I'm high on Trey Lance just like Corey is. I just didn't believe that he would he should have started this year. You, you know what I'm saying? So it's not I, I just want I just want that out there. It's not that I'm not high on him. I just I just didn't want him starting this year. Okay. So at this point with this injury, with things you know developing how they did, do you see the 49ers keeping Trey? I think at this point they have to, 
and not even from the injury standpoint, it goes back to what I said at the top of this topic. They traded three first round picks for him. Like if this were a situation where this was like a Green Bay Aaron Rodgers thing where they had Brett Favre and just Aaron Rodgers just like fell into their lap and they could just select him, then you wouldn't be all that pressed. But you traded three first round picks to get this quarterback. So you want to get some type of return on your investment. And I think I think the reason they may have, for lack of a better word, rushed the Trey Lance experiment is because it's because they gave up three first round picks and they want him to play out that rookie contract as soon as possible. Now, everybody gave the 49ers a pass last year for starting Garoppolo because by that point, yeah, everybody knew Trey was likely not ready. I think he played he played one game his senior year, his senior year due to COVID. So he didn't play a lot of football that that that, that year. So everybody's like, okay, yeah, you know. Garoppolo took it to the playoff. I think by that time took it to took it to a Super Bowl. Yeah, play Garoppolo. I think this season, going into this season, the 49ers are like, okay, we know what we have with Jimmy Garoppolo. We we ultimately believe we mean the 49ers. We don't believe he's the guy that's gonna get us that Super Bowl. We think the kid has a bigger upside, has a higher ceiling. So let's see what we have. My thing. And like, I don't disagree with, with what either you or Mike said in terms of this season. Like, the likelihood of Jimmy Garoppolo is the better quarterback. If you, In terms of winning games, Jimmy Garoppolo is the better quarterback for this season. My point is, if you are a young player, and even if, even if you think he's ready, I'm not saying he was or he was, but even if you, the coaching staff, if you think he's ready, then you have to let the kid play. You have to let him make all the mistakes he's going to make because that's the only way he is going to grow into potentially being the quarterback you want him to be or you think he's going to be. Are the mistakes worth a championship? In my in this instance, yes, because my opinion, I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to win you a championship. That's just my opinion based on what I've seen, based on the way he's played. Now, I could yeah. be wrong. Okay. No, just just me. I'm just me. I don't think Garoppolo's that guy. He's not going to be that guy that's going to get you a Lombardi trophy. That's me. So I'm of the mindset, okay, I already know there's a cap on this guy. I already know he's not He's not the guy that's going to give me that Super Bowl. He's going to give me a lot of wins in the regular season, but I want that Lombardi trophy. I think the kid has a – I think everybody would not. He has a higher physical upside than Garoppolo. So I'm like, okay, if that's the direction we want to go, then yet let him play. Like, just let him play because that's that's the only way he's going to get into a rhythm and learn, like, how the how the NFL is actually played. And you can actually see growth in young quarterbacks throughout the course of a season. And so I was so me. And again, this is just my opinion. I would now I know the players, the the 49ers players gonna say, yo, we want the guy that's, you know, Garoppolo. We know what we have. We know we can win with him. And I totally understand that. But if I'm on the outside looking in, I'm like, you ain't winning no Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo. I've I've seen this. You you go you're gonna win a lot in the red season, but you ain't winning a Super Bowl with him. Okay. So that's that's my that's why I say if you're going to play, if you're going to play Trey Lance, you gotta play him the whole way. But as I also said, if you have any shred of doubt or if you're hesitant to start Trey Young, then Jimmy Garoppolo should have started Trey from Lance. week one and then boom, like that's 
So that, that that's that's just that's just my whole point. But like again, it sucks that he got hurt. The good thing about him getting hurt in week two is that likely he will be healed for the offseason. And so he won't have to, hopefully he won't have to rehab in the offseason and he can just work on his game. So I think if he was, if there was going to be an injury, I think the bright spot is he got injured now instead of much later. So, but that's my whole spill on it. Okay. So, okay. Because me and you have gone like back and forth with this. Got a question for you. I'm going to change sports. Do you believe Kevin Durant can win you an NBA title? Yes, I do. Why? Because I've seen him do it. No, no, no. You have not seen him. You've not seen KD lead a team to a championship. You have not seen that. He led the Warriors. He was the best player on that Warriors team. He, mean, he, went, he, did, he didn't lead the Warriors. Stop the cap. He beat he beat he beat LeBron like finals MVP finals MVP back to back. What you talking about? Right, Stop but, the he, cap. but he did not he did not lead the Warriors. He was the best, but he was the engine on that Warriors team that beat the Cavs. Stop the no, Cavs. Steph was Steph is the engine. He's all he's always oh. been he's always been an engine. He's always from a historical from a historical standpoint, absolutely. But we talking about those two those two titles no, that they those, won with KD. Those, those two titles, those two titles, they could. I gotta say, I gotta say KD. I got to say KD. The reason why I bring this up is because you believe Kevin Durant can lead you to a championship. And he does not have a history of leading you to a championship. Now I say he did it twice. Now, we have different perspectives on that, but that's my – I say he did it twice. You say he didn't. That's now, somebody else. He won two championships. He won two championships as the best player on the team. But – when Kevin, when Kevin Durant, when when Kevin Durant, um, as far as like leadership, that leadership, I would even say that that leadership came from Draymond Green. Now we're talking about in like you talking about intrinsic. Then yeah, I'm not. Then no, I'm not. I'm not saying KD intrinsic leadership. No, I'm not saying that. I'm okay. talking. I'm talking about from a physical standpoint. I'm talking about a guy that can take you to where you're trying to go, like to win it all. Like KD did that with the Warriors. I'm not saying he did it all on his own, but he was physically the driving force that won those two titles. That's what I'm saying. I'm I'm not talking about his character. I'm not even talking about his leadership traits. I'm talking about the guy you say, give me the ball, I'm gonna take us there. KD this, did that twice. This is going this is gonna sound disrespectful, but I feel like KD and Jimmy Garoppolo are the exact same sports player. I feel like Jimmy Garoppolo ride, rides the coattail. I feel like he is the per Jimmy Garoppolo is the quarterback who he's not gonna mess the game up. He's gonna ride the coattails of a great of a great running of a great running back of great running backs of a great offensive scheme of a great defense of a great wide receiver. I feel I, Jimmy Garoppolo is the quarterback who's gonna ride the coattails of those of those guys, and all he gotta do is not mess it up. Kevin Durant is the guy who's gonna ride the coattails of the two greatest shooters that God has ever created, and and uh, or rather and, and also uh, of J of Draymond Green. Not to mention the system that Steve Kerr implemented. He gonna he he gonna be successful in his own way and ride the coattails of that. But Kevin Durant historically has never led a team where he is the guy to a championship. He, he has not done it in Brooklyn. He didn't do it in OKC. So my point, my but, 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 point of me asking you that question was, 
I also believe Kevin Durant can lead you to a championship. I believe that he can do it. I just think that mentally he ain't there yet. Why is that relevant to this Jimmy G conversation? Because you said you don't believe Jimmy G is the guy. But the proof is in the pudding. He he was on the goal line. And if he completed the pass, he would have a ring already. He was one pass away. Mm-hmm. And then last year, he was one game away. So, like, the proof is there. He has, he had, you, it, it, the, the proof is there that he, ha, he can win you a Super Bowl. He hasn't done it yet. And he needs a great, he needs a great offensive scheme. He needs a great defense. He needs Kyle Shanahan. Jimmy Garoppolo can't go to another team as, like, the lead guy and lead you there. But with a roster that allows an offensive scheme to be ran like it is and allows a defensive scheme to be implemented the way it is in San Fran, yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo can win you a Super Bowl. Yes, he could do it. Remember, as a matter of fact, um, what was it? Was it three years ago when San Fran went to the Super Bowl? Yeah. Um, it was three years ago, right, Keller? Yeah. Three years ago. If we remember, San Fran got to the Super Bowl and Jimmy Garoppolo only threw seven passes the game before. They ran the whole game. All Jimmy Garoppolo did was throw seven passes. Mm-hmm. And they got to the Super Bowl. Then in the Super Bowl, Jimmy Garoppolo, he was your all-American bus driver. And he just didn't mess it up. The only thing he didn't do was complete the very last pass. So, so I don't know how you can say that Jimmy that, that Jimmy Garoppolo it can't get you to a Lombardi Trophy, and it's like, yo, I put it to like, you like the last three years. Right. In like the last three years, he almost got you there twice. So you mentioned his head coach, his offensive line, yeah. his uh, his weapons, and the offensive system. Mm-hmm. Check, 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 check. Still couldn't win you one. Mm-hmm. My thing is, bus driver, when you play, you're going up against, let's say, a Patrick Mahomes, right? You saw the difference between in that Super Bowl. Yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo, he missed it, overthrew that pass. That could have potentially put them, put them in position. The 49ers had a lead that Super Bowl up until the... I, forget, I can't remember if it was the third quarter or the fourth quarter. I forget. It was mm-hmm. the fourth quarter. They gave up 14 points. Fourth quarter. Patrick Mahomes came back and, and won it, right? Right. I think – now, when you say, Corey, how can you say that the 49ers can't win a Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo? I'm saying it because the 49ers are saying it. You don't trade three first-round picks to go get a young quarterback. Which is – You exactly, don't – Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. And so I'm, I'm, my whole thing is the 49ers are like, okay, we know what Garoppolo is. We know he's not the guy. We got to do all this. We got this. This has to be right. That has to be right. We got this. Okay. We need someone that, that has a higher ceiling, right? So let's trade three first-round picks for, for, for Trey Lance, right? Okay. So if, if the 49ers are saying that, like if they were conceding that, then I'm like, okay. 
and and like I said, last year it made all the sense in the world under, under the circumstances to have Garoppolo play that whole year. Like everybody, nobody's. I'm not knocking the 49ers for that. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, I think, you know, to me, to me, he's not that guy. That's just that's just that's just my opinion. Like I said, we're I think we're looking at it from two different perspectives, which is perfect. Which is which is which is why this podcast is great because not everybody's going to have the same perspective on things. Yeah, facts. But this is just me. Like I, I just don't think Garoppolo's got. While, while also saying, yes, Garoppolo, based on what we've seen these last two weeks, he will win you more games right now than Trey Lance. I don't dispute that one bit. But I think if Trey Lance, again, it's 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 mute, it's moot because he got hurt. But I believe had he not got hurt and he played the season, while you might have lost in the short term, I think you could have potentially had a longer term game in terms of him getting the experience and progressing throughout the season. That's just my opinion. So so a couple things, right? So question. Do you believe Josh Allen can win you a Super Bowl? I think he definitely can. So you think he can win you a Super Bowl, but he's never gotten there. And he's only gotten to one championship game. Yeah, I also think he has a much higher physical upside than right. Jimmy Garoppolo. I, I agree he has a it has a higher ceiling. I'll, that's why I give him that that's that's what I'm saying. I give him a higher probability of winning one than Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, yeah, I now I don't like Jimmy Garoppolo. I just want to be clear. I, I am not a Jimmy Garoppolo fan. I don't like him. <laughs> like I don't like him at all. Uh, but I can't discredit the man. Like I can't it, I I can't say he's not capable when, like, yo, he's one pass away. It's like saying Nick Foles isn't capable. I can't. I, I can never say that. Um, so that that's that's how that's how I look at it. Um, the second thing, do you believe take the quarterback out of the equation, to, like remove the quarterback altogether? Debo, Ayuk, that massive offensive line, their offensive scheme, Bosa, that defense, their scheme, put a blank face on the quarterback. Do you think that roster is built to win right now? Mm Mm-hmm. It is, though. Yeah, it is. Okay. You believe the roster is built to win right now. You just said you believe that Jimmy Garoppolo will win you more games than Trey Lance this season. Correct? Yep. So the team is built to win right now this season. Jimmy Garoppolo is the quarterback that's going to win you more games this season. Do you also agree that Trey Lance looked bad in the preseason? I thought he looked decent in the preseason. I won't say he looked bad in the preseason. I thought he looked pretty decent. But the preseason is also not indicative of what the regular season is like either. Yeah. Um, All of that does not, to me, it does not equal play Trey Lance. If I am built to win right now, and 
and I got the quarterback who's going to win the most games. And I have a, I have a quarterback who who won games with this team, won games with this team, and they're going to win me the most games of the two quarterbacks. I'm going to play the quarterback that's going to win me the most games because the roster that I got, they trying to win now. There's a reason why after Trey Lance got hurt, to, uh, the 49ers, a lot of the 49ers teammates was like, we're better now. Mm-hmm. So, let me, so, let, so let me ask you this. Why, why do you think the front office pegged Trey Lance to be the starter and wanted him to play from the from the jump? I don't, I, I'll, I'll, I'll answer your question without answering that question directly. I don't know why the 49ers would trade three first-round picks to go get a quarterback out of North Dakota State. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why a team would do that. I have no idea why a team would do that. Mm-hmm. No idea. I, I'm a I, Corey. You you know how I feel about the Cowboys during drafts. I'm gonna tell you right now. If we was in the market for a quarterback and we traded three first-round picks to draft a quarterback out of North Dakota State, oh, my God, I would be hot. Because the competition is not comparable to what they're going to see in the NFL. It's not comparable. We already have an example of a North Dakota State product in Carson Wentz. And he was pegged to be like, to an, an elite Hall of Fame quarterback. Everybody thought Carson Wentz was the shit. And we see how that turned out. Nobody thought Trey Lance was going to be better than Carson Wentz. No, or let me take that back. Nobody thought Trey Lance coming out of North Dakota State was going to be better than Carson Wentz coming out of North Dakota State. So I don't know why you would trade three first round picks for a quarterback out of North Dakota State. Uh, F, I think it's an FCS school. FCS. Yeah, I don't know why you would do that. Malik Willis was better in college than Trey Lance. Yo, a little nugget about um, Carson Wentz. I did not know brothers from Raleigh. Oh, shit, neither did I. <laughs> um, but, but, yeah, so... When you when you say why did they believe that he was the starter when you asked me that, my answer to you is cause they smoking some shit. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Like I, I don't know. I have no idea. It, it, to me, it's like if I'm a, if I'm gonna trade three first round picks to go get Trey Lance, I'm a, I'm gonna trade three first round picks to draft a quarterback from. North Carolina Central. They, 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 it's like the same thing to me. Honestly I, speaking, it is the exact same thing. They play the same as that football now. So, so that, so that's what I'm saying. Like, and like, if I'm a, if I'm a unseat Garoppolo, a guy that got me to the Super Bowl, if I'm a unseat him, oh, I'm a unseat him with somebody who, uh, oh, I know he, I, I like, like, it's gonna. It, it's gonna be a big swing and a big miss. For example, uh, matter of fact, let me let me pull it up real quick. Um, let me pull up Trey Lance draft class real quick. What year did he 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 drafted? 2019? 2019. No wait, no, wait, no, no. Twenty twenty one. Damn. So, nah. Twenty twenty somewhere. Hold on, I think it was twenty twenty. Oh wait, it was twenty twenty one. You're right. You're right. Right. 
2021. Okay, I know I'm tripping. Yeah, let me see the let me see the draft order. Let me see the 2021 NFL draft order. Here we go. Uh, Trevor Lawrence was first, then Zach Wilson, then Trey Lance. Um, yeah, yeah. No, I know Lance went number three. I'm trying to see. There we go. The list with every pick. Okay. So after Trey Lance, after Trey Lance, um, so all right. So they traded with Houston. They traded with Houston. Pitts was on the board. Jamar Chase was on the board. Jalen Waddle was on the board. Panay Sewell was on the board. Hey, JC look. Horn. Look, yeah, JC Horn was on the board. JC Horn is he looking like a bust right now though. Um so you got Garoppolo as quarterback, Corey. You on the clock. Y'all just got to the Super Bowl two years ago. You gonna take you gonna take Trey Lance over Jamar Chase? Well, here's the thing. Jamar the 49ers. Was a dog in college. No, 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 but hear me out. But see, here, here's what I wouldn't have done, because you're right. The 49ers had originally they had either pick 11 or pick 12. I forgot which one it was. Uh-huh. And they traded up. Like me. It was 12. It was 12. Okay, so okay. If it were me, I would have I only would have traded those picks if I was getting Trevor Lawrence. That was that would have been like if, if you're telling me we're moving up to get a quarterback. From that class, if it were possible, I would I would have taken Trevor Lawrence, which means I would try to try to get the number one pick. I, which basically what I'm saying, if it were me, Trevor Lawrence would be the only quarterback at that time I would have traded up for. Yeah, if I had because, an opportunity. Because if if they would have stayed at number twelve, if they would have stayed at number twelve, if if the, if, if the Forty Nineers would have stayed at number twelve, the Forty Nineers would have got Michael Parsons. Exactly. Tell, right. You you mean to tell you mean to tell me that trading three first round picks. For a quarterback that went to an FCS school in North Dakota State, that is higher priority than everybody else that was on the board after him. That's what I got a problem with. And you just got to the Super Bowl two years ago with the quarterback that's currently starting. That's what I got a problem with. If you don't believe in Jimmy Garoppolo, that's absolutely fine. Unseat him. Unseat him with somebody who is proven. Unseat him with somebody who is going to bolster the roster that you got to win right now or draft his successor that you don't mind uh that you don't mind sitting so dra- so draft uh let's see let's see let's see mac let's jones uh, mac jones is a good is a, is a is a good one draft kellen Mond, justin fields dra- draft davis mills um um but no, they they swung for the fences on a quarterback that went to North Dakota State, and right now it is looking like a huge miss. And 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 <laughs> yeah, I, I don't bl- look. I don't blame Trey Lance. Like I said, I want him to do real well. I I am high on Trey Lance. I just think that because of where he came from, the school that he came from, the competition that he that he was used to facing, and and for this to be his very first season getting upgraded competition for real because he didn't play really last year i don't think it was smart to start him and now you got him injured at 20 and 21 22 years old for nothing it to me it all goes back like again it's 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 pretty much all of our points 
in order. Like I mentioned, you traded three first round picks for him, right? Mm-hmm. Killer mentioned that you you re-signed Jimmy Garoppolo. So that that should have been the first hint or whatever. And Mike, you saying Garoppolo should have should have been started this whole time. I don't think none, I don't think this is one of those cases where I don't think either one of us are necessarily wrong. Because like I said before, if you are the 49ers and you had any inkling or any hesitation that you, that that you weren't ready to play Trey, then yes, Garoppolo should have you said you should have said Garoppolo is the starter from day one of this season. That's what you should have done. I agree. Yeah, we agree mm-hmm. with that. The 49ers should have done that. What I am saying is you ask, you ask me why the 49ers thought Trey Lance was able was uh, was able to start. And I am saying I can't even tell you why they traded three first-round picks to draft him. Because as far as I'm concerned, San Fran loved running the damn ball so much, they could have drafted Travis Etienne. Or Najee Harris. Or they could have drafted Najee Harris. They love to run so much, they could have bolst- They could have bolstered their run game even more to take more heat off of Debo. They could have did that. Yeah, I think it's just a... It's a messed up situation outside of this year. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Because they could have drafted unless, Rashad Bateman. I've been on that name all day. Rashad Bateman. Rashad Bateman. Pick number twenty-seven, first round. <laughs> you see, just, just saying. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Who yo, the fuck come is on, this man. Guy? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just oh. saying, bro, came out of nowhere. Ready to go to Minnesota or some shit? Yeah, who takes a bit that, that, God damn it, the, the Ravens are confusing, right. the Ravens are confusing, you, you took the Minnesota wide receiver, they don't even, do they throw the football in Minnesota? Hey, uh, as far as I remember, Bateman was nice in college. Okay. Yeah. That's nice. All right, Killer, what's up next, man? All right, you know what? Your team. <sighs> Every, yeah, I don't go there. My mom told me one time about this sign this Cleveland Cavaliers fan had that says, and it said, every year I buy tickets to the Cavaliers-Bulls game. Every year, Michael Jordan beats us. And every year, I come to this game. Every year, we play the New England Patriots. Yep. Every year, the New England Patriots beat us. And every year, I watch that damn game. I was, and this is going to sound weird, I was not upset at the loss. I'm upset at the fact that we had an opportunity to win and didn't take it. I seriously believe right now the Steelers are handicapping themselves by playing him right now. The Steelers aren't necessarily in win-now mode, and we're not terrible to the point where we could wind up breaking um, Kenny Pickett's spirit. I say play Pickett. Play him. Now, I know that Tomlin has doubled down, tripled down, quadrupled down, and says that no, we're rolling with a very terrible product from North Carolina. 
But I seriously believe that when you play like the way that Pittsburgh played, you know teams are going to have nine in the box. There's no threat. He does not. He's not threatening. He's he, he's like he's like the guy you want your daughter dating. He's a safe pick. You know what I mean? He's gonna have her home by nine thirty. He's always gonna call you sir. He's gonna offer to cut your grass. Like little shit like that. Like that's who he is as a quarterback. That's that's Mitchell Trubisky. He's safe ish. Like. He's not going to be the reason that you lose a game, but he's also not going to be the reason you win a game. He's a discount Garoppolo as far as talent. Start picking. So, and I'm going to leave it at that. Start picking. So this is actually, I am on the op- on the opposite side of the San Fran, of the San Fran deal. Yes, start picking. Start picking. Why? Because the Steelers are not in win-now mode. The Steelers are borderline on rebuild mode. And But the Steelers are not bad enough to where if he, to where if he steps in the game, he's going to get killed. The Steelers can still be competent. They can still be competitive. So, yes, start Kenny Pickett because the person that you got starting doesn't have as high of a ceiling and has done nothing in his time in the league. He actually is the exact opposite of Jimmy Garoppolo. He has done nothing in the league. Nothing. He has been garbage his whole career. So yeah, start Kenny Pickett because you have a better chance at winning and you will you will win you have a better chance at winning games. And he will be he will be starting his development at the same time. So y'all are so killer. Y'all are also doing some shit that I can't frankly don't understand. So this is one of those things where, like my eyes, so I don't understand why the Steelers chose to. Play Mitch, unless it's maybe is it a, is it a playbook thing? Uh, which well, Mitchie, that is is this is this is this, is this uh, Trubisky's first year in Pittsburgh? Yeah, first year in Pittsburgh, fifth year in the NFL. Okay, and I don't think it's a playbook thing because the playbook itself opened up. If you like, I watched the preseason when Pickett played, the offense it had that like that electricity to it. Like it, it felt like that joke that we got from Big Ben when he was still mobile. Like the like, even though the play's breaking, you know it's really never over. If a play breaks, and I'm looking at Mitchell Trubisky, I'm like, man, just throw that shit in the dirt and and let the play another one. Like that, that's where I am with him. Like there were certain reads he wasn't making. For example, it was fourth quarter. We're down three at this point. We need eight. Fuck you, throwing to the platform. I would much rather you throw an interception in that in that scenario. Like, please, throw the pick. Show me you give a shit. That's the that's the part that kills me here. Like, and I know still the fans. We talk about you know how bad our quarterback play was before Ben. You know, with Cordell and and Tommy Maddox. But I'll be a hundred percent with you. Even Tom Tom even um Tom Zach. But I'll be a hundred percent with you. 
But the Pittsburgh Steelers and our ability to like our quarterbacks have always at least taken the shot. Even if it's not the guy I won't take in the shot, at least they're willing to do it. For some reason, when I look at this team, I don't see that. Like, the offense comes out flat, and the receivers come out just a little flat as well outside of Deontay Johnson. And, well, Pickens is up trying to take the two slot. But the way that things are rolling right now, I seriously do believe that having um, – what's that boy name? I don't want I, I don't want him on my team so bad. Trubisky, us having Trubisky playing right now, I think is hindering the development of, of receivers who could be really special in George Pickens. I think that's hindering him. Play him with his draft classmate. Build upon that together. I believe something like that can be special because these guys have been together basically since they joined the team because they joined the team on the same night. Play them together. See what can be built. I'm interested in that. I want to see how great this can be. I think it can work, but we need to see it first. I agree. And plus the thing with Mitch Trubisky, like if you play against him, he's easy to game plan for. Like you, 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 you know he's limited in his throws. You know he's limited in his sight line. You know he has his favorite, he has his favorite routes that he's only going to throw to. Like that's just the story of Mitchell Trubisky. I think um Kenny Pickett, he'll give a spark to this, not just the offense, but to the to the whole team. Because I think, you know, you just you want to, you want to let your young kid go out there and play. And like you said, you mentioned before, Kill Like, if there's any year Ravens fans will I'm Ravens, Steelers fans will forgive you for being bad, it's this year. Like, take this time to just dedicate your whole season to this young quarterback and let him play. Just let them play and see and see what you have because you already know Mitch. Mitch is Mitch. So yeah. Man, the problem, the, the, the problem. The same way I don't know why the 49ers would, would draft uh, Trey Lance that high. I don't know what Chicago was thinking drafting Mitch Trubisky. I remember why hearing his name uh, oh. at the draft and everybody was like, "What?" I like like why like what 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 like what was Chicago thinking? Daniel Jones, that hey. was weird too. Man, hey. Duke, hey, that was Duke. very weird. Hey, Daniel Jones, right now looks better than Mr. Biscay. Oh yeah, I'm not saying he's not. I'm still saying, but I mean he's still terrible though. Don't you don't take you don't take the Duke quarterback with your first pick. Like no, bro, there's definitely better options. It's like Kenny Pickett, man. Just play yeah. Pickett. That, that's just what it boiled down to. 100%. And uh, speaking of guys who need to play, um, are you sure that uh, you still wanted to keep Lyle Collins? Because he is not really doing much in Cincinnati. Yeah, he ain't doing much in Cincinnati right now. Bro, um, that right. O-line has gotten worse. Uh no, I think I think it's the same. I think it's the same. Um, it's gotten worse. So no. the O line, they are so, terrible. You know, they the, their O line is bad. But let me just say about Lyle Collins, right? Lyle, Lyle Collins is um he did not have like an off season with Cincinnati or I don't know, not he his off season with Cincinnati. He he like he didn't he wasn't like 
going hard in training camp, playing preseason games, none of that stuff, um, because the assumption is that, you know, he's a vet. But, you know, an offensive line is one of those, is one of the positions where, like, the the line has to be a unit. It has to be a lot. There has to be chemistry, mm-hmm. um, you know. So I think it's a little early on the Lyle Collins, but I will say that he's played bad these first two games. He's played – he's been horrible. Um I will still take him over Terrence Steele. I don't give a fuck what anybody says. Okay. I still take him over Terrence Steele any day. And granted, Terrence Steele, he, he didn't had no penalties uh, uh, on Sunday. Had no penalties. But he's just he's not a powerful guy. He look he looked like a guy that I could bully. <laughs> I mean, you are quite threatening. Small frame. But the reason I, I say that that this O line has gotten worse. 13 sacks in two games. Yeah, yeah. Six of them to a pass rush you didn't like. I I, I understood that, no, that kind of performance against Pittsburgh. Probably the best pass rush in the NFL for the most part. One of the best. If you're talking best pass rushes, there's no way we slide anywhere out the top three to five. But this wait, other one. What pass rush did you say I didn't like? You you weren't too high on Dallas's pass rush. It was legit. Oh, you said you you said you said you said and I quote. You got we got I'm not too sure what we got on that. No, as far as being able to get to the QB, you said it was D Law, no, Parsons, no, no, I, no, no, and then said, what came after? I said, I said as far as the pass rush is concerned, all we got is D Law and Parsons. I said so, we don't, I said we don't even know who's opposite of D Law because that's true. We don't. It changes so, from game so, so, to so, game. So, so you would say that it's not like it's something that you know going into a week every single week you can lean on that to be there. I can lean. I can lean on Michael Parsons to be there. I can mm-hmm. lean. I can lean on the safeties to be there because we got awesome safeties. I I love our safeties. I can depend on them. I can depend on Parsons. Yeah, but um, but you know with Parsons, he's gonna have to play. He plays a different role week to week. He played different some roles. Snap, yeah, snap. yeah, yeah. Like some, like some, like some, some situations he's playing down. Some situations he's playing in the flat. Some situations Facts. he's playing in a bubble zone. So Facts. there's situations where he's not necessarily always going to be there as a pass threatening option. So if he not if he not rushing the passer, we ain't getting no sacks. That's where I'm at with it. Yeah. He, so 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 you so, so passer, you can, so you can agree that you that you as far as the defense goes, that's not something you're too high on. No, no, I'm high on the defense. I'm not high in sack numbers. Yeah, and that that's I what I'm think, talking about. That's what I'm talking about. So if if, if there the was defense, no if, that defense was able to grab six. If there was no Michael Parsons, if or let me if Michael Parsons was not rushing the quarterback, I believe that we would get pressure. I don't believe that we would get sacks. Mm-hmm. So like I said, six of those Dallas yeah. guys. Seven yeah. of them for Pittsburgh, and I saw that coming. Like, I saw us getting there. I, I said, we'll probably get to him four times. Yeah, two like, seconds. I, think, I, think I actually think the over-under on sacks in that game for the Steelers defense was four. I don't that's, know. That's embarrassing. Now, that was the over, I think that was the over-under for sacks by the Steelers in that game. That was the over-under. So, so Over-under four. Parsons, Parsons had two sacks. I know LVE had a sack. Um, I know Chaun- I know Chauncey Goldston 
had uh, had his, oh no, not Chauncey Golson, Dorrance Armstrong. He had a sack. So that's four. Um, I can't remember who else had a sack. Give me a second. I'll pull him up. Um, it don't matter. It don't matter though. Defense. It don't matter though. Um, Edge, Parsons had two. Armstrong yeah. had two. Fowler had one. Fowler. Fowler. Yeah. Oh, that Armstrong th- had two sacks. Yeah. Is that Deontay Fowler? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Deontay Fowler. Why is he not starting on the other side? Because we got a rotation on the other side. The Dante Fowler ain't good. I mean, let's be clear. Hmm. He did nothing. Well, he did something in Atlanta under Dan Quinn when they was in Atlanta, but that was it. He ain't done nothing nowhere else. Chicago, L.A., he been garbage. Um, he was a cheap signing that we had, but the rotation opposite of D-Law is, uh, is Doran Armstrong, uh, Chauncey Golston, and, uh, and Dante Fowler. Uh, and then uh, when he get back from injury, Terrell Basham, uh, that's like the rotation for the opposite of D-Law. Um, and then, of course, there's Parsons, who he – Parsons rush from anywhere. He, he Parsons could be lined up as a safety. He going to rush. Yeah. Um, and I'll be honest with you, I, I, I did want to call both y'all on Sunday and say thank you for making sure that when I opened up USA Today on Monday morning that the Pittsburgh Steelers will still be number one in the division, and I appreciate that. Yeah, I'm going to let Corey give his take on the game, on, on the game Cowboys-Bengals game, first, before I go. Um, it was um, – I didn't expect us to win. I called for us to lose. But um, – I would say I thought the first, our first two drives were very impressive. Very, very impressive. Um, after that, it was more of a, I think things kind of, kind of slowed down to what I thought it was going to be. Uh, like Killer said, I didn't think the Bengals off offensive line was going to be that bad still. So that was. The surprise that might be my biggest takeaway from the whole game that they they did so much to try to revamp that offensive line and it's it looks worse than last year. But um Cooper Rush played like how I thought he was gonna play. I like our run game overall, and I know we're leaning heavy on the run game for these next few weeks. Micah Parsons is a beast. Um but yeah, I think my biggest takeaway is just the the Bengals. Like that offensive line is horrendous, absolutely horrendous. So yeah, it 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 was you know it was all right. I'm not I'm not like jumping for joy. Like I'm glad we got a win, but like it's like it's okay. Let's go. All right. Um, couple people, couple people that I gotta give some credit to. Um. I gotta give credit. I I I didn't rip them. I spoke facts about them, but it probably came off mean last week. But I gotta give a lot of credit to Noah Brown. Noah Brown is the reason why we won the game. Um, the pass that Cooper Rush uh threw that was deflected on I think it was DJ Reader's forearm and it wobbled in the air and uh Noah Brown dove, um dove and caught the ball past the first down marker to keep the drive alive on third down. That was uh that was the key play of the game that kept the last drive going to where we could get in the field goal range. So a lot of credit goes to Noah Brown. 
Uh, CD caught seven passes. I thought he played pretty well. Um, Dalton Schultz. Uh, I hope he. I hope he gets gets healthy. Um, I think I think Dalton Schultz is a top seven, eight tight end in the league. Um, Dennis Houston. He's he's been terrible. I'm glad he got cut today. Um, he needs to go back to the practice squad and 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 keep grinding. Um, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that's Dak's favorite wide receiver target right now. So I'm pretty sure he'll get called up at some point if he keep working on his craft. But he need to go back down right now. Uh, I don't think he was ready. Uh, man, what else? Um, Cooper Rush deserve a lot of credit. He. He played well for the most part. I mean, 61% completed, 235 yards and the touchdowns. It wasn't great, but he he played he played like Jimmy Garoppolo. He played exactly like Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, and he played the way I personally want Dak Prescott to play. And Dak Prescott's a better quarterback, so the numbers are are, are automatically going to be look better or whatever. But um, Cooper Rush didn't try to do too much. He he took his the, he took what the defense gave him, and I had felt like, especially since Dak signed his contract, that when Dak goes onto the field, he is trying to do the absolute most rather than taking. Um, every now and again, Dak would do something is make you go, "What the fuck?" Like rather than taking the seven-yard pass that'll make it a third and two, he'll try to go for the fifteen-yard gain where CD is covered with with man-to-man coverage and a safety over the top. And it's like, why would you throw that? Just take the seven yards. Or um, there'll sometimes be a slant, a slant coming across the uh, coming across the field where the defense is playing zone, so he doesn't have a he doesn't exactly have a window, so he'll just throw it out of bounds, even though he could have ran for three yards. It's like I think Dak tries to do too much and, uh, a lot of the times, and, and really doesn't like keep the like, like he doesn't he just doesn't take what the defense gives him. Um, I think a part of that is probably because he took criticism. A whole lot when he was taking what the defense gave him, and everybody called him a bus driver and this, that, and the third. I think, I think now he tries to play like he's trying to prove something. Cooper Rush didn't do that. He he played within himself. He took exactly what the defense gave him, uh, and I am happy about that. That's all I needed him to do. Um, Corey, I'm not even gonna lie to you. My biggest takeaway about this whole game, my biggest takeaway was, um. Kellen Moore, why don't you call these plays when Dak Prescott is in a game? Like you call simple, generic, straight to the point plays. And if y'all remember last week, I told you that like, I don't need all of this trickery, these double reverses and all of this shit that the Cowboys are trying to do against Tampa. I told you I need all of that. Did y'all notice Kellen Moore ain't called none of that? With Cooper Rush in the game, he caught none of it. Why can't he call a straightforward game like that when Dak is in the game? Like, 
it, it's it's all, it's almost like again, like I said, I said it last week, they don't be setting Dak up to succeed. <laughs> like they don't be doing it. Kellen Moore don't be doing it. And I know this week, uh, or this past week, I know it was a big deal because Mike McCarthy actually sat in the room with Kellen Moore and kind of like, like, I don't want to say tutored Kellen Moore, but pretty much gave Kellen Moore some game. Like, hey, we know you like to be aggressive in your play calling, but like, we need smart, simple plays. And what did Kellen Moore do? Call smart, simple plays. I don't know why he don't do this when Dak Prescott is in the game. I really don't know. Um, so, so that was that was my take from the game. That was my biggest take. Um, my second take is for everybody who be like Trayvon Diggs gives up yards. I just want to point out he locked the shit out of Jamar Chase. He locked his ass down. He gave he gave up. Jamar Chase caught two passes for a total of fourteen yards. Trayvon Diggs locked him up. That's it. Those those my two my two main takes from the game. Okay. I said I could see that. Um, you know, as far as the play calling goes, I think it's in some cases when you know you're handicapped, it's easier to call a simplistic game than it is if you know you're at full power, you think you can kind of get away with certain kinds of play calls. So on that note, I mean I'm not trying to make any excuses for you know a bad play call or not, but I can kind of see where, you know, being having less almost forces you to be more conservative in your play calling. I, I mean, I can see that, but the difference is when I say simple play calling, I'm not talking about chuck down Charlie. Like, I'm not talking about, like, like just checking the ball down. I'm talking about, like, Cooper Rush took some shots. Like, he, he, threw, he threw the ball 46 yards downfield. He threw the ball, what was it, like 30-some-odd yards uh, yards downfield when the Bengals uh, jumped off sides, and it was a free play. Like, like, Cooper Rush threw the ball deep. He was just very methodical, and the routes were simple. It was it was a double-move hitching up. It wasn't, it wasn't a CD. I want you to run, I want you to run uh, a seven and in, and then break off up the seam. Uh, break off up the scene towards the out of bounds. It like it wasn't this extra shit. It wasn't like I, Kellen Moore called a play last week where Noah Brown ran. He was running the. He was he ran a slant. Then in the middle of the route, stopped, turned around, ran the other way. And then ran up the seam on the out of on the out of bounds line. It's like 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 what the fuck? What 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 route is that? What are we calling? Like like it it be weird shit that Kellen Moore be calling when Dak in the game. And I don't understand why he just why he just don't call a straightforward game. Like like I don't understand why what we got on Sunday we can't get every week. Well, if they just so happen to get it more with the backup, then that is what it is. I still find myself a little bit, like I said, just confused. Like week two, like week one, like Mike said, was March Madness. Week two is confusion at its finest. Um, hey, Corey. Yeah. Yo, so obviously you saw the game on Sunday. Is it fair? Is it fair to say that Cooper Rush 
is a better thrower of the football than Dak? I'm not saying a better quarterback, but is he a better thrower of the football, like a more accurate quarterback? Um, maybe, maybe a little more accurate. His throw power is not Dak's, though. No, 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 no. Like his throw power is not. But Dak barely, Dak barely throws deep balls, so the power doesn't. Oh, the, so the the arm strength don't really matter to me. Yeah, but it's just I don't know how to put it. Like Dak's arm overall just looks better to me than Cooper Rush. Like overall, it just looks better. It looks more. I don't know. It just, it just looks looks a little bit better because like some of some of Cooper Rush's throws were a little short to me. Or not in the vicinity of the receiver. I don't know. So it's, do you attribute do you attribute last week's game before he got hurt as to him just having a bad day? Dak? Yeah. Yeah, because like I've seen I think, yeah, I think yes, uh last week was just a bad, just a bad game. Just a bad day at the too office. Hype, too because excited. maybe, but shoot, even then, a year ago when we played Tampa week one, like Dak, Dak was dishing. He was like almost like every throw, Dak was just carving up that Tampa defense, and so I just think last week was just just a bad day at the office. Just just an overall just a bad day. It could be whatever I don't know, but just a bad day at the office. That's what I chalked that up to be. Yeah, I, so I, I think I think Cooper Rush is a better thrower of the football than Dak. I think he is more. I think he is more accurate. There there were. Uh, and and maybe, and maybe, I'm I have a little bit of a recency bias about that, but all I all I can remember, like watching the game Sunday, all I remember thinking is like, wow, Cooper Rush is making Noah Brown look like a legitimate number two, whereas Dak could not throw Noah Brown open to save his life last week. Like, like there was a play if you remember uh, against Tampa, he tried Dak like tried to get the ball to Noah Brown. He was running to the right hand side and he threw like a like he jumped and then threw the ball. But the ball was like a whole person behind Noah Brown, like it was just it was just behind him. Mm-hmm. Nobody was pressuring him or anything like that. It was like maybe a two yard pass, but it was just behind him. And I'm just like. Dude, like, this is why this is why killer this is why killer um before the season started was like the Cowboys making a mistake not playing Dak Prescott in the preseason because I'm sitting here like I was watching like watching the Tampa game uh a week and a half ago I was like yo is this rust mm-hmm. like is this rust because Amari, to- Amari Cooper was his pacifier. On a lot but, of but, outside but, routes, a lot Cooper, of those I need them kind of routes. But Cooper Rush, but Cooper Rush actually played all throughout the preseason. Was in a QB comp with with real with Will Greer for the backup job, and he came out in his first start this season and looked serviceable. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's Russ because you remember Dak didn't play at all the preseason last year, and and he was just. Firing, just dealing but against Dak, Tampa. But Dak didn't play in the preseason last year because he was still he was still like 
like rehabbing that ankle for a little bit. Like, like he was still going through that ankle trauma. So I get not playing him last year, but this year he had a clear off season. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know if it's right, but again, that that Tybo's defense, you know, that's no joke too. So you gotta give credit to to Tampa in that respect. But I just think for Dak, it was just, a, it was, I think it was just a bad, just a bad day, just a bad day. That that's very true, and you know, we have to take into account the Bengals' corners were. Ch- uh, Cheeto Awuzie, who's a former Cowboy, we know he's going to jump routes on double moves all day. And Eli Apple. And Eli Apple, who is god-awful. Eli, oh, Apple, was like the, Eli Apple is like the Eric Flowers of cornerbacks. He is bad. <laughs> he is bad. Not Eric Flowers, though. Yeah, yeah, Eric Flowers. Um, Dang, but, that's taking it back at the safety position. Yeah, um, but I'm happy they got the win. I think by the, I think um, by the time Dak come back, we'll have two wins. Speaking of which, y'all remember what I said last week, right? I said I told y'all Dak wasn't gonna miss wasn't gonna miss that many games, right? Mm-hmm. They talking about Dak coming back in two weeks. They talking about Dak coming back in two weeks. That man need to sit his ass down somewhere. They talking about uh, look, <laughs> hey, they talking about Dak coming back in two weeks against Washington, that means he would have only missed two games total. I don't think Washington is the team I want to come back against. Yeah, I mean, like I said, Washington ain't good. Washington, the team, they'll fuck your season up. Mm -hmm. I don't Um, think I would want to come back against them. But they talking about Dak Prescott coming back in two weeks. Man, I just hope they're not rushing him. I don't want that. If he's if he's healed and good to go, then great. But if, he, if you're trying to rush him, I ain't for that. Just you know. What I what I've read what I've read is that the surgery um it's gonna take it's gonna take a week for the wound to heal. So the wound should actually be healed based on what the little sports doctor be saying on Twitter and stuff. Um, it's gonna it's gonna take a week for the wound to heal. That week we just hit a week uh, Sunday, so the wound should be healed or whatever. Next is flexibility of the thumb and grip. Once he can grip the ball, he good to go. So I'm sitting here like, so are they saying he should be able to grip the ball in two weeks? Because if he can grip the ball in two weeks, shit, I put his ass out there too. But now, in two weeks, if we still win it with Cooper Rush, I will postpone it. But you know, you know, you know, you know, Jerry, man, when he talked, Jerry, Jerry, he got the urge to be right. So, mm-hmm. that's true. Yeah. So, but but I told you, like, yeah, you're talking about six to eight weeks. Shit, Jerry ain't playing that. <laughs> Jerry, Jerry, find a way to get up inside your body and heal some shit. Apparently, <laughs> so Jerry Jones is the white mage for uh, my RP, for my RPG players. Also, also about the Cowboys game, uh, Kellen Moore need to keep up the running totals. Zeke needs 15, 20 carries minimum per game in order to be effective. 
that's been his mo his whole career. That ten that ten carry that that ten carry game he had against Tampa, Kellen Moore never need to call no shit like that again. And everybody know Dak Prescott played better when Ezekiel Elliott is playing better. Mm-hmm. So he needs so, to be able to. He needs that freedom, someone to free him up. Yeah, so that, that's all yeah. I got, man. All right. So I was thinking, we haven't done a segment in a while to kind of put a bow on top of the show. Mm-hmm. Instead of is he a Hall of Famer, I'm gonna go with the other game. If Draymond Green is in the Hall of Fame, <laughs> I feel like it's been a while since we've done that one. No, it ain't. You say it at the end of every show. No, no, no. I just say, you know, that those words of encouragement. Right, right, right. This is a game. And I, I'm really interested in this one because I actually was um, thinking about this player today. Um, and it's going to make a little bit of sense. But if you put, and I, and I believe this, it's a little bit different. And uh, I heard his analyst say this, and I thought it made a little bit of sense because of what he was doing in his prime. But if you can put Draymond Green, I take Draymond Green off the Warriors and replace him with Paul Millsap. I think you still win all those championships. Hell no. Hell no. Hell no. <laughs> Hell no. I think you do. <laughs> I, I don't even like Draymond Green, but I can't I can't let you have that. I don't even like Draymond Green. I can't stand his ass, but I'm gonna tell you right now. Draymond Green, one of the reasons why they won them championships, Draymond Green. He going to find a way to get the crowd amped up behind him. He going to find a way to get up under your skin. He going to do the dirty work. Like, yeah, nah, he doing stuff that Millsap can't do. Yeah, I agree with that. It's the little things about Draymond that just somehow just can elevate a team. Even if it doesn't always show up on the stat sheet, it just has, he just has a way of elevating now, his team. Yeah. Yeah, now I think Millsap is more skilled than Draymond, absolutely. But um, yeah, Dr- Draymond, Draymond is an intimidator. Like, yo, like Draymond is that dude. He only six foot six playing center, but you get a Chris that's Porzingis. He like, hey man, I ain't trying to go with that dude. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, I still do think that that. They would, they would have still, I think they still would have got four. Just thinking like Prime Millsap was an all star. Yeah, Prime Millsap was an all star. Yeah. And he earned it based on, he, he, yeah, I'm saying he earned it based off his play on the court, not based off of the fact that he was on a really good team. Because I seriously do believe that if, you know, just looking at all star, I don't think the Draymond Green should have made an all star team. Don't, it, it, yeah, it doesn't make sense to me that he's made the All Star game. 
Oh yeah, I agree with that. I, I don't think he should have, but he's made the the All Star team. Like, his, his him making the him two of the wackiest All Star game moments was him making it in that time in that year that the um, Detroit Pistons starting five was the starting five for the East. I thought that was incredibly whack. And Mike, I know you remember that year. I was like, bro. When the Pistons, the Pistons starting five was the starting five for the whole All-Star for, game? For the East, yeah. I don't remember that. I forgot all, all about of, that. All five of them made it <laughs> and were the stars. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. It was Chauncey Bills, Rip Hamilton, Tayshawn Prince, Wallace, and Wallace. It sound like a um, sound like a lawyer's firm. Wallace and Wallace. Wallace and Wallace. No, but I will say this: if Draymond, if you put Draymond Green in the Hall of Fame, you gotta put Grandma Larry Johnson in the Hall of Fame. Easy, easy. Larry Johnson, Charlotte Hornets, New York Knicks. Gotta put him in the Hall of Fame. Grandma. Hey, them Grandma Ma commercials used to be funny. <laughs> Bro, I still I still remember him on um what was that show? Family Matters. Family Matters, yeah. Yeah, hey, Grandma Ma, hey, you want to talk about a dude that was clutch? Hey. Gra- Grandma Ma, Grandma Ma won no joke. Mm-hmm. He hit the first four-point play I ever saw. Grandma Ma won no joke. A big one too. So I do got a question. We're gonna keep it in basketball, but is this guy a Hall of Famer? I, I, I gotta, I gotta do this one. All right. All right. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. So last one for we, you know. All right. So let me. Let's get it. Okay. This player. What sport are we talking about first? Bat- basketball. Okay. All right. This player averaged 17 points, 8.5 rebounds, one assist per game, shooting 70% from the free throw line. And where is his blocks? It had uh, 2.8 blocks per game. Played. 16 total seasons. In what era? Is he like a current player? Uh, no, nah, retired player. What era did he play in? 90s, 80s, or some of 90s. 90s were, the, were his uh, main, and then the early 2000s started to wane a bit. What's uh all right? Any all star appearances? Oh yeah. Any championships? Yep. So okay, how many championships? One. One championship. How many all star appearances? Seven. Seven all star appearances. Mm. Mm-hmm. One championship. Mm-hmm. What position? Center. And power forward, kind of bounces between two. 17, 8, and 2. Well, 17, 8, 1, and 2. What's the 1? The assist? 
The one's assist, yeah. And the two is the blocks. Yep. Seven All Stars, one championship. Seventeen, eight, one, eight, two, one championship, and one championship. Seven All Stars, and he and he played in the nineties. Mhm. All right, so it ain't nobody foolish like Andrew Bynum or some shit. Uh-huh. I don't. I, I don't know who this is. Um. But because he played in the 90s, where the centers was getting it in, it averaged 17, 8, 2 blocks, and got a championship, and got seven all-star appearances. Let's say those numbers and accolades do warrant all-star, I mean, a Hall of Fame consideration. Okay. What if I told you he wasn't a key factor? In his championship, he still, he still averaged seventeen, eight, and two blocks, and still got seven seasons where he was a key factor because he was an all star. All right. Anybody want to guess at who this guy he's, is? He's played well, sixteen seasons. Sixteen seasons, yes. I'll say the numbers warranted. What you got? What you say? Uh, I say the numbers definitely warrant it, especially by basketball stand standards. Um, yeah, I want to say I want to guess who it is, but I, I'm pretty sure it's not who I think it is. If you want Patrick Ewan, it's not Patrick. No, I was I was going to say David Robinson. He didn't play in the 2000s. I don't think he did. He won his first championship in '99. Second one in 2003. Oh, so that cancels out. So, so it's not David Robinson. Hmm. That would have been my guess. Uh, he was also a key factor in the first championship they won. That's true. That's true. You said this guy only has one ring, right? Just one. Did his ring come in the 90s or the 2000s? 2000s. When did he retire? 2008-9. Championship. Not ready to give up yet because you know how good I am at guessing. Mm-hmm. I think I may get you on this one, though. Oh, man. Thank you. Doubting, think you doubting me. Think you doubting me. Seventeen. So if he got his championship in the two thousands, let me see. He got, if he got his championship in the two thousands, okay. The Spurs won in ninety nine. The Lakers had a three-peat after the Spurs. So they had 2000, 2001, 2002. The Spurs had 2003. The Lakers had 2004. The Spurs had 2005. Dallas had 2006. 
Dallas had 2006. That was when they beat the Heat. Um, 2007 again was the Spurs because they got odd years. No, the Heat, the Heat, Heat beat the Mavs in 06. Remember that was D Wade and Shaq and them. Yeah, yeah that's what I said. I just no, said the other one. You said you said backwards. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Mavs got yeah. Mavs got 06. Yeah, against the Heat. Yeah. Um. And then. Um. 2007 was San Antonio. Oh, wait, no, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. I'm tripping on the champions. Okay. Spurs got 99. Oh, 2000, 2001, 2002 was the Lakers. 2003 was San Antonio. 2004 was Detroit. 2005 was San Antonio. 2006 was Miami. 2007 was San Antonio against Cleveland. 2000. Eight was Boston. Two thousand nine was the Lakers. You said he played center. This can't be Rasheed Wallace. In early two thousand, Shaq was with the Heat, and we know Shaq got better numbers than that. Uh, was the center in San Antonio? Wait, who was the center, the backup center in Boston? I feel like that was a motherfucker named PJ Brown. <laughs> it was PJ Brown. I feel like it was PJ Brown that was. Yeah, the, that was PJ Brown. That, that was the backup center. I was in backing Boston. him up. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. PJ Brown. Um, seventeen points. I right, PJ Brown in average damn seventeen <laughs> points. Um. Shit. Oh, this one hard. Mm-hmm. Um I'm proud of me for this one. This one, this one is hard. You're not gonna get me, killer. You're not gonna get me, dog. <laughs> get me, dog. San, San Antonio. Who, who else played for San Antonio? <clears throat> Malik Rose. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it wasn't. Uh, it couldn't have been Kevin Willis. Hell no. Seventeen. Kevin Willis ain't averaging no seventeen. Um. Shit. Fuck is this guy? Watch it be, watch it be, uh, who's this? Bo Outlaws. Hocos, <laughs> 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 baby. Blaylocks. Oh, God. Hocos. I still don't know what went through his mama mind to say, I looked at his child and the first word that came to mind was bimbo. I still don't understand why that, why that, why that man's name is Bimbo Coles, bro. Like, why is your name? Why is your name an insult every time you speak? Like, that is terrible. 
Um, like, how five your mama's sure, face for Are that? you sure he played center? I'm 100% sure he played center and power forward. What was it, his primary position? Was center or power forward? Uh, depending on the lineup, primarily center. Shit. Commander side. Josiah, Corey, you got to pick. I was going to say, after I, I, I said David Robinson, I think it might be one of those Wallace boys from Detroit. Rasheed, Rasheed Wallace. Wallace. Oh, okay. So I don't, say, I, don't rem- I don't remember the Pistons lineup from 04. I don't, I don't, I don't remember. I don't remember who. Because Ben was primarily a center, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Cause like I'm trying to think, you said one, one championship. So like my mind immediately went to Detroit. That was, those O four Pistons. I'm trying to think. <sighs> All right, Mike, don't let me down. Don't let me down. You know basketball. Killer's trying to. He's trying to get you right now. I'm sitting here at this. I'm sitting here just watching y'all on Skype, thinking hard as fuck. Um. We're the champions. We're the champions. Okay. 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 Kill, I think I got it. Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to get you again. 99 was San Antonio. Mm-hmm. Tender was David. 2000, 2001, 2002. Senate was Lakers, Senate was Shaq. Mm-hmm. 2003 was San Antonio, Senate was still David Robinson. 2004. 2004. The Pistons. Senate was Ben Wallace. 2005 was San Antonio. I, I cannot remember. But I think Kevin Willis was the center for San Antonio. Um, 2006 was Miami. Then it was Shaq. 2004, you get back? Yeah, I'm here. You got a, you got a uh, idea? No, like I said, I, I, I was just, I was saying just Rasheed Wallace. That's oh my, my God. Oh my God. I, I'm about to get him. I'm about to get his ass. I'm about to get him. I'm about to get him. I'm about to get his ass. Corey, watch this. Watch this shit right here. Mm-hmm. In 2006, the Miami Heat won championship. Mm-hmm. Shaq gave D Wade the nickname Flash. Right. Shaq was the starting center. His backup was Alonzo Mourning. Oh, that Alonzo Mourning. That's Alonzo it. Alonzo Mourning is the pick. That's he it. Primarily, he primarily played in the nineties, but got his championship in the early two thousands. 
They said the only thing that's getting me is retired in 2008. I don't remember Alonzo Mourning lasting that damn long. Me neither. <laughs> but, but I do know he got a championship backing up Shaq, where he was essentially a player because he was old as shit. Yeah. Um, Alonzo Mourning is the pick, ain't it, killer? Go ahead. Go ahead, lie to me. You thought you was gonna get me. You know what? You I can honestly me. say this one took you longer than usual. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now I went with Alonzo because I was like, who's somebody that never gets brought up when you talk about best best bigs in basketball? As far as the centers in the 90s, you almost never hear his name. Never made an Olympic team. <clears throat> but had he done it, you'd have been like, eh, I see it. Yeah. Alonzo Mourning. You out here thinking it was goddamn Kevin Willis. <laughs> and you know what? When you said that, I actually pulled up Kevin Willis' stats because they're close. <laughs> Hey, close. Kevin Willis played Kevin 600 Willis more games. Listen to me. Kevin Willis, for a good period of his career, was averaging damn near 20 at night. Hell no. And in one, 1994, the Hawks averaged 21 points and 18 rebounds a game. We talk about the same Kevin Willis, the one who was muscular as hell, who looked like a bouncer running up and down. Mm-hmm. 1994, 1994 with the Heat, same season. He played two games with the Hawks, one with uh, 65 with the Heat. He and with like, the Heat, I'm telling you, rush this, with the Heat, 17 points, 10 rebounds. The year before that with the Heat, 19 and 12. The year before that, 17 and 13. The year before that, 18 and 15 and a half. If Mark was played a basketball, problem. he would be Kevin Willis. If Dog the Bounty Hunter played basketball, he would this be Kevin Willis. This dude says Dog the Bounty Hunter. <laughs> Dog the Bounty Hunter, yo. Kevin Willis was just just huge, like, like for no reason. Dude like, was jacked. Like, nobody was fucking with him. <laughs> it's like, you just... You just gonna come on the court right after lifting weights? Actually, you know, I'm looking at Kevin Willis up. And he used to have, a ship. He wanted to ship the old three. And used to have the thick ass elbow pads from God. Where if you got elbow <laughs> with one of them, it'd knock your ass out. <laughs> Damn elbow pads. Yeah, that's why like Atlanta. Kevin Willis was that dude. It's all I know. Killer thought he was gonna get me. Kevin yeah. Willis was that dude, though. Yeah. Like, looking at his numbers now, it's like, yo, bro, was balling, son. And it was wild. He only made one All-Star team and one All-NBA team. 91-92. I'm looking at images of Kevin Willis. He looked like he whoop anybody ass. He looked like he drinks before he does any family activities. Honestly, he was probably Ron Artest before Ron Artest. Except he was seven Except he was sane. Yeah, he was sane. Yeah. And he was seven foot. That's a bigger difference. He wasn't seven foot. What? I thought he was six he was seven, seven foot. Damn. Seven even. Damn. If I'm not mistaken, I think he was a stretch, too. I think he was a shooter. Get the fuck out of here. Get me for the time. 
for the time. Keep in mind the, the error. He shot 21% from three. That's horrible. That's horrible. For the era he played in? Hey, that's bad. A big shooting anything better than 15? But oh, most shit. bigs won't take him at all? There was a... Wait, wait, wait. Time out, time out. There was a real dude named Roy Rogers in the NBA. Yeah. His name was Roy Rogers. Great hamburgers. I've, I've never been to Roy Rogers. I used to go all the time when I was a little kid. This is one up the street from where I used to live. Damn. All right, yo, let's get up out of here. Right. Damn, yo. this episode. Oh, no, oh, never mind. I thought we yeah, were yeah, yeah. Three hours. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it seems like it's going on that long, but it's really not that long. We got a good period of time, and I see my boy is definitely wearing the jumpsuit tonight. Congratulations, Corey. I am not wearing a jumpsuit, bro. That's just... <laughs> I don't know what man. that is. Like I'm, I'm actually, I'm like, I'm sitting still. I don't even know. My man got the swishies on for real, for real. Well, shoot, it beats uh driving down the highway in my in my car. So yeah, guess what? <laughs> None of that was recorded. <laughs> but we know it. But we know it is true. They may not know, but we surely do. Yeah, we uh, heard you. Yeah. <laughs> it looked like, look like you was burning rubble on your damn hardwood floors. Skirt. Out of here, boy. He didn't even start a lot of games either. That's crazy. I'm looking at Kevin Willis on um, numbers and such. Wild. Kevin Willis. Oh, that's wild though, bro. Like, he sucks and he did all that. No, Kevin Willis ain't suck. Uh, I'm just yeah, saying. In San Antonio, Kevin Willis did not suck. Nah, he only played like six seconds a game though. Kevin but, Willis. Kevin Willis would come in the game and I'd be like, oh yeah, they gonna win. Don't nobody want that smoke. <laughs> Don't nobody want to go up against no damn Ke- Kevin Willis. Look like his bicep would eat you. You know somebody who um who I didn't know was raw for a little bit. This dude named Kevin Duckworth, bro. I did not know he was like that raw for a little bit. I had some old school dude in the basketball court one day tell me about that dude. <clears throat> That's beside the point though, but. If y'all been rocking with us this long, I can honestly say we appreciate you. We about to get up out of here because I got stuff I got to do tomorrow. Y'all got stuff y'all got to do tomorrow. And on top of that, y'all got to listen to this podcast. But y'all got your, your final words, anything y'all got left to say? I'm ready to go to sleep. <laughs> My final words is uh, if y'all don't know, Shrek is the greatest cartoon movie that ever was made. Shrek. Specifically Shrek 2. Hmm. Toy Story cannot compete. Hmm. I'd have to think about that. I gotta think on that. The only one that Hmm. comes close to me. Hmm. Lion King and Aladdin. I think Lion King would be my one. I like to separate the animated from the cartoon. Okay, okay. We, if we if we do an animated, Shrek is definitely the greatest animated movie. I will give Aladdin as the as the greatest cartoon movie. I will go with Aladdin then Lion King, just cause cartoon Princess Jasmine. Oh Lord, cartoon. I'm gonna be honest with you. Uh, 
What's that joint when they travel down to Atlantis? Atlantis? Yeah. <laughs> hey, Court, I wasn't going to say nothing. I wasn't going to let him keep rocking. <laughs> no, nah, that, that moment was necessary. That moment was necessary. Bro, I'm tired. All right. But keep in mind, not only have I been up all day dealing with a toddler, I also had a very, very intense football practice today. But um, but yeah. That was probably the best cartoon. Either that or El Dorado. What? El Dorado. I haven't seen that in a probably since when it first came out. Actually. And finishing third on that, I'll go hunchback and Notre Dame. Now, animated. Mm. Honestly, I I don't even know where I put anything, but um, <clears throat> all I know is Big Hero Six is like an honorable mention. That was pretty good. I just don't know who I put in number one, but if I put anything there, no, I might throw the I might throw the Incredibles up there. I like the Incredibles. You go with some real underrated titles. Yeah, I like the Incredibles. I also want to say this as uh, as as my as for some final words. If Morgan Freeman, if you ever remember Morgan Freeman Young, and you listening to this show, yo. Let us know so we can shout you out. You old. <laughs> if you remember Morgan Freeman when he was young. Lean on me. Nah, he, he was old in that too. <laughs> <laughs> he was at least 50. Look, Morgan Freeman been old my whole life. Think about that. My whole life, he been like my grandma age. How old is Morgan Freeman? At least 108. <laughs> At least 108. Oh, I love me some Morgan Freeman, though. If he narrating something, oh, my God. And then when he was in that movie Wanted, and he was like, oh, you can shoot this motherfucker, <laughs> that, that shit get me every time. Yo, he you ready to, ready to um, get 85? Clint Eastwood is 92. Oh, shit. Sheesh. Yeah, Michael Caine, who played uh, Alfred in the um, Batman movies with Christian Bale, is 89. Ain't Clint Eastwood still making movies? Yeah, he was in an action movie like not that long ago. Hey, Clint Eastwood trying to get that bread. <laughs> Clint, Eastwood, get Clint, no, Clint Eastwood is on child support, from what I know. What? Mm. Yeah, I think he's on child support. He's 90? No, 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 it's a Robert De Niro. I think it's Robert De Niro. He's old as shit, too. He's on. He's the one on child support. Clint, Clint Eastwood. What? He like he was still making movies as late as 2014, from what I can see. Damn, this nigga was born 1930. He was born during segregation. Like he could have openly used the N word, and no one would have gave a damn. I'm almost positive he didn't use the N word at least once in his life. Yeah, I believe if you are, if you're anyone, if you're an American and you're older than 64 years old, you, you've used the N-word. And I'm not upset about it because it's cultural. But um, 
Yeah. You used it. I'm not mad at you about it. I can't do shit about it. Oh, yeah. Speaking of, he did make a movie last year. Cry Macho 2021. He starred in it. Hey, Corey probably know about Clint Eastwood movies. Corey got so many damn DVDs. You still got them damn movies from college? I still got that. I got all my DVDs, man. You still I, they got WrestleMania got them. 19? I got them all. Hey, I, I need that WrestleMania 19. I need to see that Rock Stone Cold match. <laughs> and you know they don't show the whole the full thing on YouTube no more. Shoot, you get a get you a you got a peacock uh peacock uh subscription? Yeah. It's on Peacock. What? Yeah, it's all like yeah, pretty much the entire movies, yeah, it's oh all up on Peacock. Oh my god, I'm about to go to Peacock right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will go to sleep after this Brock Stone Cold match. Fuck fuck sleep right now. I I will oh, like, Corey, wasn't that a thirty five minute match? No, it wasn't no. It was more like like nineteen, roughly nineteen minutes. It was it was their it was their shortest match I think or close to it. Because Stone Cold was which one, trying which to get was a, out of there. Which one was a thirty five minute match? Was it se- seventeen? Seventeen. Okay. Yeah. Oh my god! Because I knew it was one of those matches was long as hell. Hmm. I think they got. I think in there they also have a uh, area for their five star matches as well. I think WWE has seven of them all time. Something like that. Yeah. They had another one recently. That was the um uh crap. Brain stopped working. It was uh not the Seth Rollins, 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 Cody. It was uh Seamus. Seamus had a five oh yep. Star match. Five star match. Damn, that's crazy. All right, we can get out of here. My bad. I'm taking some time. Yeah, definitely. Um, you already know what I'm gonna say. If Draymond Green is a Hall of Famer, then so are you. Oh my god, I can't believe I can live out my old wrestling days. <laughs> I'm about to watch all of this shit like it's brand new, like I ain't never seen it before. A man gonna be in that house loud as hell. He gonna get your wife gonna throw something at you. You oh. gonna be like, if you smell, <laughs> shut your ass up. It's two o'clock in the morning. Oh, wrestling. <laughs> There's nineteen. Yo, Corey. Yeah. If this ain't about the funniest shit that people can't see, like they can't see him the way that me, even though we can't see each other right now, we know exactly what he look like right now. Dog, all I did for the last hour at work was watch <coughs> The Rock enter the ring all the different times he returned. <laughs> <laughs> like, y'all don't understand how much pop this motherfucker had whenever his music played. Yeah, I think the only other person who music pops instantly when you hear it is Stone Cold. That glass break is like damn near a symbol. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. All right, like, yo. Corey's starting to fall asleep. Get us get out of here, killer. They're going to play that. They're going to play that retirement homes. People going to be fighting. But, y'all, like I said, if y'all been rocking with us this long, thank y'all so much. And so we're gonna have another, we're gonna try to pump out another episode for y'all this week. Um, that show's gonna be revamped, it's gonna be done a totally different way than what's normally been done. So y'all can get ready for that. If y'all like the sports shows, y'all gonna love the gaming shows. Like I said, that's gonna be totally revamped, brand new, you know, format, how we do things. So get ready for that. It's gonna be a lot of discussion. Um, my name is Jaden Reporter. 
signing out for all of us. And also, that's actually that's my YouTube tag. Yeah, shit. Signing out. We out. Peace. Thank you.